was the hardy boy mission and charge to unravel sounds from the stars sometimes it's pure babble but back to the gravel we comb the blocks looking for the predators that roam the blocks no gang tax payer outsmart the fox it's the red shaking politics that run the block put up a grid of the city and connect the dots residents our meal tickets must protect the stock investments in glock tasers and black jackets interacting with scholars on down to crack addicts dead beat dead vanishing like black magic plus mom's prostitute to survive and that's tragic traffic stops reported on dashboard cams or tenants complaining about landlord camps and that's only part of what's addressed on the beat plus attention at the station so we're stressed on the street no sweet taste for tongues that don't eat beef rising in the ghetto sometimes we don't meet colder tired of the odor of the streets tired of the street like tired of the freaks tired of the i ain't mean to do it help a brother out fam you ain't really black you just front for the white man supposed to be black All right, all right, welcome back to another Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue. I'm your host, Marv Desaj, here with uh, the good lieutenant online. Yes, sir. All good right. morning, Vietnam. <laughs> good morning, Vietnam is right. Also, yeah, we got Mr. Blake, Mr. Blake online. Hey, hey, hey. All right, round of applause for all my people in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, well, well, well. <laughs> the bishop is on well, the, well, well, a meeting we... Mr. Banks haven't been heard from, and uh, uh, we, Bernie Sanders in the house, <laughs> and we got uh, you know, uh, Marcos is hiding, he's hiding money. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, you know, Mar- I know Marcos, he's out there fine, he's out there fine tuning that AK 47. So, let, let me start some, nobody. let me start some background music here that, that I think uh, you know, IQ 45 might appreciate. Yeah, how about like heat waves? Ain't no half stepping. Ain't no half stepping. How's that? There's a there's a song for you to play. Or you can play a, you can play a theme music to the Three Stooges. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I don't. I know that you probably can't hear it, P. Not coming through the uh, the interface and everything. But uh, I threw a little Luther Vandross on. Uh, it's over now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that'll come yeah. up on the re-air when we play it back. It'll flow right yeah, in. Yeah, that, 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 that'll work. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely over now. I mean, I was watching the latest and greatest. Uh, uh, you know, we talk about um, uh, uh, Arizona and uh, um, Nevada and uh, Pennsylvania. And so right now, uh, Pennsylvania looked like it's uh, it, it's – getting ready to poise itself to to to, to, well, uh, no, to say first it. First of all, first of all, don't get people upset. It's Nevada, not Nevada. I found out oh. the hard way. Oh, Nevada. Oh. So you transplant. Right. Now you're going to come on here and start uh, correcting me about it? Look, look you a I New Yorker. Nevada. You a New Yorker. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. no. If I'm paying taxes in Nevada, I'm a Nevada. <laughs> you, you hear that, Blake? <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. New York, we're going to go Nevada. <laughs> Forget about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's, here's, the, here's the deal. I mean, with the mail, because of COVID, 
and the concerns on mail-in ballot, you know, balloting. Yeah. And you saw these long lines. You saw the Republicans' attempt at voter suppression uh, in, in in areas mainly uh, my minority communities, communities high and people of color. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just it was just so blatant. It was painful. It was just so blatant. So now people said, okay, we're playing this game, especially those good folks down in Georgia. Uh-huh. The numbers I'm seeing now, the numbers I'm seeing now, and how they turned out for Joe Biden. Uh, I, I love the folks in Georgia. All right. Oh yeah, uh, Stacey Biden, Abrams. Biden flipped Georgia. Okay. Yeah. So well, St- Stacey Abrams. Flip Georgia for Biden. Well, let's, well, let's be clear. Well, you no know, thing is, yeah, she put in work. You know, she was she was a victim of this. What four years ago? She was a victim of the voter suppression. Yeah, and people and remember. People saw it. People saw it, and people are smarter. Younger people are smarter. They know. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. and uh, they came out. Joe Biden right now has garnered more votes than any person running for president which yeah, includes that's something else. which includes the numbers from uh, Barack Obama back in 2008 and 2012 okay Joe Biden so okay. so before we dive too more deep uh, too uh, too much uh, further deep into this let me give everybody the dial in number cuz I know we, we might have some people that want to uh, chime in on this so the call in number for two blue black two black to be blue here on my tribe network is 585 653 Zero zero two one. That's five eight five six five three zero zero two one. And uh, the topics we got today, uh, we've already kind of started on it, and we're gonna keep going with it because we got three hours. Um, we're gonna talk about post election fallout, and with this post election fallout, uh, you know, local, national uh, violence. I, I know that uh, there's been some scuttlebutt going around, and that's military jargon for you know rumor. That uh, you know, we got some uh, white nationalist uh, clans and 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 Aryan nation folk that that might try to uh, uh, harm black men or black people uh, this weekend. So, you know, that's some things that we're gonna talk about. Uh, you know, the other part is uh, policies governing coronavirus uh, response here. Uh, you know, um, you know, if if uh, all things keep going the way it's going and Biden gets in, you know, what's gonna be the first things that uh, he he looks to tackle? In his first 100 days, you know, especially with uh, the rise in coronavirus, uh, the economy uh, is uh, real shaky right now. The jobs, education, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, the the, the uh, sidebar conversation with that is uh, the black uh, contract that Cube was pushing, uh, the the third party or additional party that uh, uh, 50 Cent was pushing. So we got a number of different things that, uh, you know, we want to try to address today. I know that we probably going to go sideways as we always do, but those are some things out there for you all that are listening uh, to ponder, you know, and maybe bring uh, bring some discussion to uh, our conversation today. So, all right, yeah, Pete, you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, um, Georgia and uh, what's happening down there because that's another uh, place that flipped. So, you know, Biden... Uh, and and his support uh, has really been uh, more than we I think we we kind of hoped for, but uh, certainly. You know what? Hey, you know what? Let's be let's just, let's just be honest. Real decent, literate, educated people with common sense and decency had to look back and say to themselves, you know what? 
the person that's in, a, in, in, in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or 1600 Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, that person is a lunatic, all right? Plain and simple, end of story. You know, uh, this stuff talking about, oh, we had the, the greatest, like, we built the greatest economy. Uh, when you were, you continued the economy that was already in rolling from Obiden, o- Obama, Obiden, Obama and Biden, <laughs> you, you, okay? He blending people. You were running, yeah, you were running <laughs> on that economy, all right? So now you piggyback, which is fine. Yeah. You continue what they were doing or they had done. The, the economy kept moving in a direction it should have been moving in. All right, we're the uh-huh. greatest country in the we're the greatest country in the nation. I mean, in the world. All right, we're the greatest country in the world. Our economy is supposed to be top dog. All right. Now you screwed that up. All right, with 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 your with your response or lack thereof yeah. with the coronavirus. Well, that was part of it. <laughs> So, you know, uh, this stuff here, people realize even a whole, we, we, we get a whole bunch of people saying, you know what, I voted for Trump four years ago, but there's no way in hell I'm voting for him again because that man is out of his mind. All right. That's white people talking. So now you got white people listening to each other saying, wow, uh, Tom said Trump is out of his mind. Now, if, you, if we had said it or if, uh, you know, a black people had said it, which we did, yeah. people would have been like, ah, nah, wow, 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 wow. Those were the voices that the media was sticking the cameras in front of and the microphones, you know, these white nationalists, these neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, you know, uh, are, are basically renewed their membership to the AARP, you know. Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden, they coming out, running out into the street, you know, with the stained bed sheets, acting stupid. And they're like saying, wait a minute, why is this going on? Right. Because you had somebody in Washington who opened the door and basically said, hey, you know what? If you want to come out and act stupid, go ahead. You know, my Department of Justice ain't going to come after you. You know, the police are are supporting me because I basically told the police, hey, go out there and kick ass and take names. And when I say kick ass, I mean kick ass. You know, uh, bump, the, you know, push their heads into the side of police cars, throw them in a paddy wagon, you know, give them a, a shot or two in the gut, you know, and all that type of crazy mess. And you had some people out there going, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right, hopefully, hopefully now we have come to our senses, all right, because when you have that type of stuff coming from the top, because like I said before, just imagine if Obama had done one-tenth of what Trump has done. Has done. But let's just, let's, let's just be honest. He would have been thrown out of office, and rightfully so. Well, it's like not. It's Trump not even. It's not even out. a stretch. It's not even a stretch because you know no, when he was running for office, when he was still candidate Obama, you know he couldn't even attend a church uh, with a pastor known Jeremiah Wright because of a You're sermon right. that Jeremiah right. Wright gave that is consistent to probably every black church in the country. You know, if you went to any right. black church on any Sunday, any given Sunday you would hear a sermon similar to what Jeremiah Wright gave. And yet here, Obama and his wife, Michelle, and family had to leave the church and denounced the fact that uh, they sat in and or near the sermon that was given just because Jeremiah Wright said, God damn America, based upon the, the, the topic of the service sermon was all of the atrocities that was laid to the uh, record of America and the blood that was on the hands of the American forefathers as it relates to indigenous and black and brown 
and you know any other uh, ethnicity that was a part of America or that was you know abused by America. So, you know, like you said, we know that, like you said, one tenth. But here we didn't have to stretch. We just went back to when he was running for office, and he had to uh, attend a certain church in order to be embraced. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy, man. I mean, who else? Who else has a beer, uh, a beer garden uh, meeting? You know, just because the the officer arrested a a, uh, a black professor and the president had a an opinion on the arrest, and now he's got yeah. a hold of a, a beer festival at the White House to appease most of white America and these you know the police union and this white officer. Yep. Hey, I'm gonna let you and Blake take the take the lead for a few minutes. I gotta take up something here that popped okay. up kind of unexpected. So uh I'll be with, I'll be back with you in a few minutes. All right. All right. Sounds good. That all sounds right. good. Yeah. We got okay. it. Okay. All right, Mr. Blake. Well you know uh the lay of the land here and uh you know we're not gonna skip a beat. We've been doing this for a minute like this so you know, it's nice to have the good lieutenant on board. But, uh, yeah, you know, talking about uh, the election, you know, talking about the possible fallout, you know, what's your feelings on, um, you know, some of the uh, things that have been taking place here in this last week uh, be- between the election day and today? Well, I told you guys in the group chat how I already had two friends that um, it was, what, two days ago? So it was like right around the time that it started to look like Trump might start losing um they were out and about one of my friends was coming from his job at Wegmans <clears throat> and he had a group of, of uh I guess I'll call them white supremacists cuz that's what they sounded like that ran up on him and were like who did you vote for and then he just kind of shrugged it off he didn't say anything to him cuz he was out there by himself mm. and they were like watch your back and then they just drove off sped off and apparently those same gentlemen ran up on another one of my friends who's actually a cop out um, in Rochester. Um, and they were har- <coughs> harassing him, too. But really? He, yeah, he flashed the badge at him and the gun, and then they took off, and they got up out of there. So it's already starting to, you know, uh, wow. affect. Yeah, it's already starting to affect close to home. And, you know, New York is majority Republican. You know, even though we're a blue state, that's majority because of New York City. But if you look at the rest of the state, like, they're out here heavy. Oh, well, yeah. I so, mean, you know, Monroe County, where we are, uh, was... Monroe was actually blue. Yeah, it was all it was like blue. A, it was lighter blue. It was, it, like, if you look at the uh, the national map at some of the uh, the, the uh, uh, mainstream media, they actually showed the state of New York. And you've seen yeah. that, like, Erie, Pennsylvania was blue. Uh, which has been traditionally blue, but it turned red for a period because of, you know, again, politics, man. People move. People have differences of interest and whatnot. You know, politics is no permanent friends or enemies. Uh, There's only permanent interest. So whatever is the flavor of the day and how it impacts your world, your your day-to-day living, is how you're going to vote and align. And so Erie uh, was blue. Monroe County in our area was blue. Uh, You had some pockets um, more close to, to uh, New York City, but certainly the upper regions here and, and uh, the suburban and rural areas, <clears throat> predominantly Republican, yep. you know, and conservative, not just Republican, but conservative Republican, meaning that they have a, a basis of religion attached to their politics and how they see the world and how they see uh, governing uh, or governance, rather, uh, how it impacts their, their day-to-day um, living. And so... Um, there was one 
Uh, one uh, I want to bring up, I don't know if you saw it, it was something that popped up in my, my media feed, but there was a local uh, young man who came up on social media, I think it was Facebook, um, and he was, uh, he was, you know, his voice was trembling, he was talking uh, as if he was, uh, <laughs> somebody was in the room with him, you know, that's how much fear was in his voice, and, and what he was saying was that, oh, if Biden wins and the president loses, uh, it's over as we know it. And, and we're going to go down this dark rabbit hole and, you know, there's going to be lawlessness and there's going to be, you know, he was just preaching gloom and doom. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, who said the world is going to end just because Trump loses? And, and the things that he was afraid of, that he was talking about losing he was saying like coronavirus was going to go on the rise. Well, coronavirus is going on the rise with the president. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that he was speaking about, it was like um, uh, somebody said something earlier today that, that I just forgot. But it was it was really um, it was profound in, in the way he said it. Uh, but, but what he was saying, he was uh, at the time he was talking about the president's statement, but it matches this kid's statement was that, you know, you're you're uh, conflicting with your theory of what you think is going to take place because Trump loses when it's actually taking place now under Trump's watch. Yeah. You know, so yeah. a lot of these Trump supporters seem to be detached with reality for some reason. And I don't, I don't know, you know, why they've bared this allegiance, you know, to him. Mm. Knowing even if, if they were really to look into it, they would see he's not really for them as much as he says that they are. But, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I've, I've had a few occurrences with them myself, just working at where I work at, you know, and folks come in there all the time. <clears throat> and I had one customer before, mm -hmm. and they were telling me about, it was it was back when the debates were going on, mm -hmm. and it was one of those nights where I think Biden had called Trump a clown or something like that. And the lady came in, and she was talking about, oh, you know, our president is no genius, you know, he's no smart guy, but he's still our president. He's got a lot of nerve to be talking to our president like that. And it's not like Trump was, you know, you know, didn't say some things towards Biden. Yeah, also. like he's not guarded with his words. Yeah, but they just seem to only hone in on what they want to hone in on. So, you know, it's it's something that's definitely been consistent that I've seen, but it's going to be interesting to see how all that stuff um progresses you know now that it's looking like it's probably going to be biden that's going to pull this out because they're not going to go away and i don't think trump's just going to go away you know and it's going to be really interesting to see how that overturning of power is going to go <laughs> well <clears throat> let's 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 put it this way the same secret service that's protecting him will be the same people that will be dragging him out by his heels if he does not mm -hmm. leave uh before january 1 mm -hmm. so you know He's he's a businessman coming from a uh, <clears throat> a uh, commercial environment, and he's probably thinking, "Oh, I'll just perform and act the same way I've been acting, you know, in my business and entertainment world, you know, because that's embraced, that's accepted." You in government, dude? You've been getting away with a lot of things. You've been getting away with a lot of statements and whatnot because the office uh, of the presidency uh, commands a certain. Uh, gray area and allowance because you know it's we're talking about uh um security uh a security threat if you weaken 
the the level or the office of the, the presidency. So many times <clears throat> we often get upset because uh, the president doesn't get checked by the media or get check, checked by so many different politicians. It's because you don't want to lessen the role of the presidency in the eyes of the world, not necessarily us. So a lot of times the things that we should challenge the president on, we don't challenge him because in challenging him, uh, the position, not necessarily him, it will make him look weak and less, uh, which is why you see uh, dictators, you know, how they take out people that question them uh, publicly because now it's a matter of, you know, you're challenging my authority and you're challenging who I am to the to the world. And, and I can't be weakened in that fashion. So I got to deal with you accordingly. You know, um, we see it all the time in the in the films, in the movies. You know, when you look at, uh, you know, the mafia or, or some of these uh, gang, uh, you know, films and whatnot, what happens to the dude that questions the boss, right? Mm-hmm. He gets taken down, you mm-hmm. know, he gets tuned up because they got to send a message that you're not weak. So that's, that's the thing with, with Trump. You know, he, he's, he's feeling, you know, that he's got to be this way or that way. And a, a lot of America hasn't challenged him because they didn't want to weaken that role. But now that we know that we got an incoming president and he's an outgoing, you're going to see a lot more in these next coming days uh, of him being challenged and being called a clown and a number of different things. Oh, yeah. Um, so I already can see it now. It's just <laughs> it's a little disheartening, though, when you look at the, the, the polling, or not the polling, when you look at the results of a lot of the um, states, like he definitely has somewhere that he can run to after he gets out of that office. Like yeah. the entire middle of, I would say majority of the country is red. And then you look at like the outer rim, like the Californias, the New Yorks, Georgia, you know, all around that outside edge, is, is that's where the blue's at. But he could run right to middle America and he'd be perfectly fine because that's where all his people are at. Right. And, the you know, even though Biden's pulling away with it now, this was a, a, a lot closer of an election than I think a lot of us would have liked to have seen. Well, you know what? It's a lot closer in the fashion that we're talking about absentee ballots versus uh, election day ballots, right? So when you go in and you pull that that lever down for um, you know election time, it's 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 real time. It's right there. You get to count it, but ballots you got to open them up. Got to look at them later on. Got to put them in this order, that order, and then tally how many. Uh, actually were cast and so that takes a few days uh, to go through all those millions of ballots that were pulled that would have taken place on election day um, but you had to count them so um, once the full count is in I think we're all going to see that uh, the uh, the race was not as close as it looked on TV. I don't know about that because he's already outdone himself from 2016, and he was putting up numbers that year too. I think Biden obviously is dwarfing him because he there's been more votes this year than there probably have ever been, and there's been obviously Biden garden, garnered garnered most of those votes, but Trump has a lot of support coming out of this country. Well, if you were watching some of the polls, you'll see that actually Trump. Uh, where he picked up some places, he lost in other places, and in places that uh, Clinton had run in, because, again, we're talking about Democrat uh, Democrat numbers. They're looking at what Biden's numbers look like compared to Clinton's numbers, and there were places that Clinton 
didn't even get a vote in that Biden got a vote in. Well, yeah, Biden's got more votes than any president ever. Right. So, so he's 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 blowing everybody out the water. By, right. Uh, right. He's blowing everybody out the water. But I'm just saying that, you know, overall, Biden has he's done more than what many people anticipated him doing. And when all of the votes are in, you will see that uh, that Biden actually is going to have blown Trump out of the water a lot more than it looks like right now, because right now we're just getting all the absentee ballots in to comp- you know, to add on to the uh, election day uh, votes that were cast. And so that number is going to grow, you know, Biden could very well end up getting 300 uh, as opposed to that 270 mark. He could get over that 300, which is a lot of people uh, are project are projecting because of the, uh, the system that they've been using in guesstimating uh, ballots coming in. And they're, they're anticipating that he's actually going to be in that 300 area instead of that 270. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, Welcome know, just back. Really quick, yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah. Since when do the repair people come three hours early than scheduled? That is, <laughs> that is crazy. But anyway, yeah, never uh, you know what you're just saying? I've been sitting and watching this for the last two nights, uh, uh, binging on Heineken. And I'm saying to myself, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, they're stretching this out because it's important to count every vote. You don't need it to rush. But, you know, when they were saying in Pennsylvania, look, we got approximately 400,000, 500,000 votes that are still needed, have to be counted, you know, mail-in ballots, absentee, military, whatever it is, for Philadelphia County and the city of Philadelphia. Right. And they're t- they've been telling people for the last two nights, look, these votes are basically going roughly 80 to 90% Biden. Now, excuse me, Trump folks, Trump world, uh, <laughs> down home, Arkansas, pull out your calculators. If there's 500,000 votes out there going 80 to 90 for Biden, <clears throat> they're telling you that there's approximately 400,000 to 450,000 votes that are going to trend, <clears throat> that are going to trend Biden. Now, mm-hmm. if Trump is up 200,000, but there's going to be 450,000 coming in in the next 48 to 72 hours, right. that means that means mathematically, which I know a lot of Trump people have a problem with, <laughs> mathematically... <laughs> He is going to be on top by approximately, oh, let's say, two hundred thousand votes. Yeah. All right. They were so shocked. Oh, Trump was like, "Oh wow, I was up seven hundred thousand votes. Now I'm down." Well, yeah, right. because they voted. They went out. <clears throat> they went through, like, say, let's go, let's go Pennsylvania and let's say Georgia. They went through those counties. Nevada has less counties. Arizona has less ca- counties because. Out here is basically wide open dirt, desert, coyotes. You don't need to have 50, 60 counties like these other states have. Look and see how many counties are in uh, uh, Georgia, how many counties are in uh, Pennsylvania, and how many counties are like, I'm not going to say New York, because I think New York's got what, 50 counties, 52 counties, 70 counties, whatever it is? About 70. And and here's the thing, again, you're talking about density, uh, you know, of population in those areas. So when they show the map on TV and it looks all this red, you're thinking, Oh my God, he's got all these votes. 
no like you just mentioned that's nothing but dirt trees and rivers with like you got a lot of counties you got a lot of counties especially like down south of georgia you got some counties in georgia that only got like uh two thousand people right 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 you know the the sheriff's department's got the sheriff and, and like four deputies you right. know, cover that county but again the visual you know? that we talk about when you look right. at that it's you, the visual you, you get People that look like saying all that right yeah you, you, that, that speck, oh, that speck that of blue red. on there but you got right over a million right. people in that one speck of blue then you got right. you got, you got, you got philadelphia <laughs> you have philadelphia and philadelphia county that's got approximately i you know I, I don't have it in front of me but i know philadelphia's got about the metropolitan philadelphia area has got about two million people then you talk about Montgomery County, which is adjacent to it, and 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 I think Bucks County. Bucks County. Those yeah. are all. Those are all blue counties. It's all blue. It's a it's a huge uh, population center. Then you go in the western part of the state. You have Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Allegheny County. Right now, if you got if you got between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, if you got four, three and a half, four million people total. Now you got to go into the heart of the count of the of the state. And put together four million people. You, you, may not, you ain't gonna be. You ain't gonna be able to do that. So happen. now, even in Erie, a, this, even in Erie, you had a, a you know a couple thousand. Yep. You know, yeah. so you know. And Erie, and Erie is blue. So blue. now you look at those numbers, and everybody saying, you know, a lot of folks, you know, before I, you know, I had to get off the air real quick. Uh, a lot of folks with the mail-in ballots. You know, they said, I'm not going to be battling with COVID. I'm not right. going to be battling with standing in lines. Right. I'm not going to be battling with this voter suppression. You know, I'm going to put my ballot in the mail uh, three weeks before Election Day, and I dare the postal service to screw it up. And in some places, they did. Yeah. But people voted, and now they're counting all. This is the reason why this count is going on is because you got to count hundreds of thousands, if not millions across the country, millions of mail in ballots. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to take, it's taking an extra day to. You, you remember the days 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, whatever? Uh, we knew on election night who won. Right, right. Because people went, people went to their voting places. They pulled those machines, or they punched out them holes, and and they fed them into the machines and the computers. Put all that stuff together. They they were they weren't vote. They weren't counting millions, millions of mail-in ballots. They weren't doing that. So now they have to do it. So now it stretches out the suspense, especially with this situation. But like you said, you know they knew, and it was mathematic. All right, there's a mathematic certainty. You know, you got your, yeah. You got you got trending. Go, hold on. You got trending for 90 percent. Okay, it's gonna happen that way. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, you know, uh, you know, the the news today. We were kind of anticipating that Friday and Saturday was gonna be the day that they start dropping the bombs, which is why everything's boarded up and. Um, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania is probably going to go here in the next few hours. Uh, they were already kind of gearing up to, to le- tell everybody. And Nevada, um, you know, Nevada, <laughs> Nevada, <laughs> salami, salami, baloney. <laughs> and you know what? Also, uh, you know, watching watching the networks, CNN, MSNBC. Yeah, they got to stretch this. And I'm like, they're saying the same thing over there. Not no numbers have come in, but now they're just basically doing a loop of what they're talking about. 
it's like we want to see numbers. We want to see where it's going. The funny thing is I've been watching this, uh, and I know that you got rid of uh, your uh, satellite uh, TV. Uh, I've been watching uh, this one mix that they have on on our uh, satellite TV, and it has, like, your real-time numbers from the election uh, board, and then it has um, uh, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and then this other uh, news outlet. And so... It, you know, I expect MSNBC and CNN to be a certain way in reporting, but oddly enough, Fox and his other uh, group was lockstep with them with the same narrative, the same numbers, like, you know, minus, you know, some of the rah-rah that they give Trump and, and, and the Republican Party. They're honestly saying, you know, same thing that uh, CNN is saying. So they, you know, their numbers are, are pretty much uh, uh, consistent what well, Fox, you know, they can't argue. They can't argue with the numbers. The numbers are coming from the states. It is what it the, is. The numbers are the numbers are being sent out to all the out the news media. The same numbers. They can't argue with. Fox can't say, "Oh, well, Trump is up by three thousand votes," when it's actually the numbers that came from our state says Biden is up. Like right now, he's up ninety eight hundred votes right now in Pennsylvania at this particular point. Yeah. And when they come out with when they come out with another dump of uh. A balance at 9,700 is going to probably go to about 97,000, you know. But, you know, they can't argue with the numbers. They can't skew the numbers. And you see how IQ45 and his people done scrambled. They want they filed lawsuits at everyone, every state that he is losing at crunch time. Their they, response is to they, file a lawsuit. They don't even have the money. That's the thing. They're going to go broke. Trying to right. file a lawsuit in every state and every yeah. county, you know, because you're talking Michigan, Wisconsin, now yeah. Nevada, um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, Atlanta. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking five locations right now. And, and then getting, you and break getting, he's down. getting slapped down. He's getting slapped down in each one of those places. Yeah. He's been already three judges have already slapped him down, basically saying, look. You can't just come, you know, tell his lawyers, you just can't come into court and say there's fraud going on. I, what evidence do you have? With no, well, ev- no Iowa, evidence. Iowa, there's, there is zero evidence. The, the one uh, uh, situation where there appeared to be some attempt at voter fraud, it was a woman who, was, who tried to vote twice for Trump. All right? <laughs> that, that's the only, right now, that is the only documented situation that is that has that has occurred and you know what is there been some hanky panky going on there may have occurred in, you know uh somewhere in one of these counties one of these states somebody may have done something stupid or tried to do it i'm sure this is not the only election that's happened and in the future is going to probably try to happen again but you know when uh you lose you're losing by forty three thousand votes in arizona if one person or two people did something or tried to do something stupid, it's not going to change the election. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the thing is, we have a situation. The voter suppression is the big. How come the Trump administration isn't uh, filing lawsuits against uh, Republican-held areas that are engaging in voter suppression, especially in Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina? Mm. Oh, they're not going to do that because it's re- Republican areas. Right. But again, you know? here, here, here we are. You're, he's challenging the the uh, the vote in the same district that he's praising them. So it's like you're saying that there's voter fraud going on, 
because your numbers are bad, but in the same district, in the same election area where your Republican Senate people are doing well, you're praising what's going on. So it's like... It's Did he like, file suit? Yeah. Did he file suit about voter suppression and voter fraud in Georgia four years ago? Hell no, nah, he didn't file suit because nah. he won Georgia. Did he right. file suit in Arizona? No, because I think he won Arizona. Right. Okay. We're not, we're not, we are not stupid. And, you know, insulting our intelligence is beginning to be very old now. Okay. We're not stupid. We understand what is going on. What is going on is that you are losing the election and you're losing the election because the other guy has garnered more votes than you have. That is how elections go. That's how the process is. Remember, Trump can win. He could win any state just because he got one vote more than Biden did. Mm -hmm. I mean, they may do recounts, and a recount after three, four, five different recounts, they can show the same thing. Well, Trump won by one vote. Can you imagine losing? You know, you, you, uh, each you got over two million votes, three million votes, and you lost by one person. And you want to go out there and find that one person that wanted to vote for you but didn't because uh, this or that. Right. I'll be honest. So though, now I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not overly concerned with Trump's blustering because we expected it. We expected yeah. him to do his rogue elephant imitation, just just walking through a room, crashing into things, knocking stuff over, not caring because he wants uh, uh, the elections being stolen. All right, wait a minute. Stolen by who? Mm -hmm. People voted. Wow. Honestly, I think he's trying they're, they're, they're to. Voting. I think he's trying to sow as much discourse into the into this election as he can because I think at this well, point he, he knows little, he's going to lose. He, I think yeah, he, he has no other. He has no other. I'm not going to say he has no other choice, but yeah, that's that's the only thing he can do is continue to try to make himself relevant. Uh, Donald Trump, this is from me. You're no longer relevant. Mm. All right, mm -hmm. you're, you're no longer relevant. And in, and on January 20th. We're gonna have a, there's gonna be a new president, person sworn in in the office, and you can go and spend your time consulting with your attorneys because the New York Attorney General and most likely a Biden administration, Department of Justice, is gonna be running a train through your body because of what you've done. As they I was going to say other things, but I'm, I'm going to keep it clean for right now. Yeah, you keep it clean. As they I'm going to keep it clean for right now because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I think right now I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to spike the football. Okay. We've, we've, we've crossed, we've crossed the goal line and or, or you can all do like, scoring, all scoring plays are reviewed. You can do okay? like J James Carvel uh, on MSNBC uh, last night. Uh, well, actually it was all this week, but last night it was funny. Uh, on the second interview, the first interview they gave early in the week, uh, they was like, yeah, we see that bottle back there. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to put it on ice. I'm not going to pop it just yet. And then last night, he was like, look, Donald Trump is finished. And so then uh, one of the commentators asked, so how, how far into that bottle are you back there? <laughs> he, yeah. would, he wouldn't answer, but it was just <laughs> funny. <laughs> you could tell from Yeah, like I said, but, he was, yeah, like he was I said man. This has been this this election has been a, a this a Biden win appears to be a touchdown. You know the play is being reviewed, and the referee is getting ready to come onto the field and say after further review, touchdown. Okay, <laughs> it's over with. Now well, you know Trump, they, they, Trump don't want to believe it, but that's too bad. I was that's talking to somebody bad. yesterday, who is actually a part of this uh, this initiative that's out there. It was this political group 
that uh, I, I forget how she explained it, but uh, you know, they were going off of, again the algorithms of the voting from uh, the last uh, election cycle, the national, and uh, somehow they were putting together uh, guesstimates of what areas would be spiking in blue or red. And so they was using that, um, I would say, theory for Biden's camp on where to go, how much time to spend there, what the message should be, who to target. And uh, when I was talking with her, she was saying, you know, as she explained it, she was saying, haven't you noticed this? Haven't you noticed that? And I was sitting there going like, wow, you know, I was wondering why he went over here and I wonder why they went over there and all the areas that they were going into specifically uh, Texas, uh, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, um, Michigan, it all, it all panned out in Georgia in, in Georgia. The only place that they, they, they kind of knew Florida wasn't going to go uh, and they didn't bother uh, they kind of rolled it off, but, uh, you know, it was interesting. Cause I said, yo, I said, uh, do you have a connect with those people? Because I want to make sure I utilize them for my campaign next year. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she broke it down and she said, you know, it's a, and she was a researcher. She was a historian, uh, researcher. And so they were using her, it was like a bunch of surveys they sent out. And so they and, you would, know, it's difficult. It's difficult right now because of the fact that COVID I'm sure they would have done more. I know Biden and Harris would have done more, you know, uh, virus. Trump put thousands of people's lives at risk doing his Klan rallies during a pandemic. Put thousands of people's lives at risk. Uh, Biden and Harris refused to do that, okay? Now, uh, with, with Joe Biden... People didn't say, well, you know, people can't say, well, I, I really don't know by Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Where you been for the last 30 years? Okay. Harris may have been a little bit different, but Harris is not the top of the ticket. So uh, people know Joe Biden. You know, they know what's going on the eight years of the Obama presidency. Uh, they know. All right. People probably knew less about Trump than Biden. All right. Just because he's a, a person who was in New York City. Uh, owning property and building buildings and doing this type of stuff and trying to brand his name. He wouldn't even like the New York. You know, yeah. it's the irony and, is that. That doesn't mean people, that doesn't mean people are following him. You know, he's another, he's a blowhard walking around. And now with the spotlight on him, we're seeing videos of him, you know, partying with Jeffrey Epstein, hanging out with him on his private island. pedophiles. You know, bringing bringing women and most possibly underage girls these islands oh he's, he's you know, definitely human them. trafficking he was human yeah, trafficking yeah doing all of that mess now and not to mention the almost 30 women who have sexual assault claims against this guy all of this stuff is going to come tumbling see he's like I said before Trump was not running to be reelected as the the person in, in, in the White House he was running to stay out of jail because He's gonna have he's gonna have some serious legal issues. There's bank fraud, wire fraud, tax evasion, well, campaign finance. New, New York City, man. That again, I'm telling you, upstate and western and central New York, they love him because they don't know him. But New York City, yeah. New York City New York is C yeah. they know Trump and they've been dealing with and him. He for hasn't years. done he hasn't he hasn't done jack for 
Western New York, Central New York, you know, even up in the Adirondacks, he hasn't done nothing for New York State. Uh, the only thing he did even, was be white. You know, we're, yeah, we're, even, we're talking right, even in, tribalism. Even, even in the position, even in his position right now, he hasn't really done anything. You know, he's running around trying to pander and garner, you know, votes from African-Americans, you know, trying to make it sound like he's done all of this stuff for black folks. Sit back yourself and say, what has Trump done for me? What has Trump done for my family? You know, how can he talk about, you know, trying to get all these votes for black from black people? And he's the most racist, bigoted person in modern history in, in, in the White House. Oh, well, it's, hey. it's like it's, we're, just, we're saying two yeah. or three different things. Yep. One guy was like, one guy on TV the other day was like, oh, well, you know, Trump has now got more, you know, he, he's got more uh, votes from black folks than, 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 than anybody, you know, Republican, you know, in modern history and blah, blah. And somebody, another person, one other panelist said, oh, yeah, he went from what, 1% to 2%? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, people now to try to talk about, you know, they got, you know, Trump has got all of the, you know, he, he's, he, he got 20% of votes from you know 20 percent of black males voted for for him one out of five black males voted for trump i don't think so all they're doing is they're fighting they find a black person that they can give uh, uh 50 bucks or 100 bucks to walk in a parade or walk somewhere with a flag or a t-shirt on you know these guys talking about blacks for trump and all of this crazy mess when we know damn well since we've seen the same guy over the last four years, he's obviously being called. He's obviously being paid. They're, they're bringing him to these different events, all this type of stuff. You know, we're not stupid. This is this was a Trump circus. And like all the other circuses, it's put together, it's scripted, and it's meant for show. I think he was I want to see the substance. Lot of people, too. Because with that... Uh, with Wayne coming out, doing that picture with him, uh, one of the younger trappers out there, Lil Pump, who actually tweeted out F Trump like two years ago. Suddenly he's at a, uh, at a, at a MAGA rally talking about uh, uh, Make America Great Again and he's going to vo- move right. out of the country. Now, we you looked know, at, we looked I feel at like these other he's guys. He's paying them. He's paying these people. Because they're, right, they're not even consistent with what they were saying like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Like, so I think there's some real shifty business going on, at least with his presidency. And they know, that's gonna come to they know that if they align with Donald Trump in a certain way and and Trump likes the ideal or his people likes the ideal, it's going to turn into money. When mm-hmm. Herman Cain and those other folks, Herman Cain, Paris Denard, and a few others step and fetch it, when they went to Tulsa for that rally, which most possibly was the location where Herman Cain came down with COVID and ended up dying, those folks were brought to that rally in Tulsa. They were, they were, their transportation was paid, uh-huh. hotel was paid, food stuff was paid, because this way they were able, because you look, wait a minute, you see like 10, 10, 12 people, black folks, all sitting together in one spot where they had reserved for them, right behind, you know, right near where Trump was, so you could see him. 10, 12 people, and they were brought to Tulsa, all right, just for that photo op and all of that stuff. That's how they do this. If Now, all of a sudden, they're get, they're, these folks are getting paid. They're, they're, those two clowns, Diamond and Silk, they were getting paid, okay? They were getting paid, and look what happened to them, all right? They were getting paid just like anything else because folks know 
that Trump and his minions will throw out the cash to get folks to parrot their uh, their their position. We're not stupid. This is all. This is what was going on, and it's bogus. Plain and simple, it's a bogus situation. It's embarrassing. So I'm looking at some numbers here. I was checking out Twitter. Twitter was saying that uh, Fox News, although MSNBC and CNN hasn't called it, Fox was calling uh, that uh, uh, Biden won uh, Arizona. Uh, actually, said no, uh, won Arizona and uh, Nevada, and that they're saying that Biden is won. Uh, but MSNBC and CNN uh, hasn't done it yet. Yeah, but you know, I'm watching CNN. I'm, I'm watching CNN right now, and they're milking this as much as they can. That's how they do this stuff, yeah. you know. And Fox, Fox is saying, and the A, remember AP, the Associated Press, right? Called it That's on numbers. election night. So you, you know? got fifty. They called it all. They, they, yeah. this, they yeah. said, look, we know. CNN right now knew two nights ago. They knew uh, Wednesday night. To be honest with you, that there's going to be a ton of votes coming in from Southeast uh, Pennsylvania. Which is which is ninety percent Biden. Yeah, they're talking eight hundred thousand. No, actually, two point two million votes that they had to count from Southeast uh, Pennsylvania. Two point two million. You times that by let's be conservative. Say eighty percent. We'll give you know instead of saying eighty five or ninety, let's just say eighty percent. Well, two point two. Let's just be. Let's say, let's say two million times eighty percent is 1.6 million votes that were out there still to be counted for Biden. 1.6 million. Now, Trump is up 600,000, but Biden's going to get 1.6 million. Uh, excuse me. Do the math. Do the, do the freaking math. <laughs> do the math. Now, that way, CNN could have called it Wednesday. But no, if they called it Wednesday, this would give them nothing to talk about. Yeah. I see I see John King right now on CNN just playing with that board like it's a blow up doll and he's saying the same thing over the last two three days. Oh right. yeah, is uh, there's still there's there's two point two million in, in Philadelphia and Reading and da 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 da. Yeah. You went from two point two million down to one point five million to one million to eight hundred thousand. He's just counting it down over the last 72 hours he's been talking like a parent uh-huh. okay i'm like this there's 2.2 million it's an average of 80 percent in some places for biden it's 90 percent right. <laughs> do right. the math i mean he's crushed do the math he's, he's crushed him so as it stands sure. right now uh just a, an update for everybody because i don't know if people are gonna be watching this live or later right now where we're standing at is 264 electoral for biden 214 for trump and then that looks like seventy three million seven hundred and one thousand six hundred and seventeen for Biden, while Trump sits at sixty nine million seven hundred sixty five thousand eight hundred and fifty six. And they're still counting. And they are they're still, still counting. Still counting. Still they're still counting. counting. So, so you know, it's like I said before. I got three words for the Trump Nazis: <laughs> do the math if you can. Do the math. Now. Hey. <laughs> now what it is? I'm sorry. What it is is what it is. Now you can. I'm sure that if it was the other way around, Trumpville would be jumping up and down. These folks, these folks 
will be screaming and doing their little caravans and boat parades and boat sinking and all this other stuff. <laughs> like they've been but doing for the not, last few weeks. Now right. they, hu- now they mean, huddled up in front of town halls doing prayers and calling on African <laughs> angels. My yeah, crazy. Did you see that with Paula White? <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the South. These are the people that these are the people that talk about wanting to run this country. <laughs> Angels right. from Africa. Angels from Africa. Mm-hmm. Angels from Africa. I turned that off before she put a hex on my life. I got nervous, too. I started breaking out some holy oil. I was oh like, my, okay. My I, you know what? I refuse, I refuse to watch that mess. My I seen her goodness. acting like a banshee. On t- I was like, oh, hell no. That was bananas. I was like, is she for real? Like, has she been drinking? Yeah. You know, she reminded me of somebody you would see on some bath salt. <laughs> you know what? Here, here, here's, 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 here's my theory. Here's my theory. Donald Trump had the opportunity to do the right thing when yeah. he first started this mess five years ago. Oh, absolutely. All right? He had the chance to do the right thing, and if he did the right thing and talked like a human being and acted normal, he probably would have cruised into another term. Yeah, and if he was doing stretch. the right thing, if, if we if he was doing the right thing and not acting like a crazy man, we'd have said, well, you know what? You know, we had Ronald, Ronald Reagan was on TV and did movies and he became president. And, you know, we had, you know, other people, you know, uh, who were, you know, in certain positions that became president. Okay. All right. Now we have somebody who was on TV, but he became, I'm not going to use the P word with Trump. He became the person in the position but he did what they normally do, and he was okay. He didn't start no wars. He wasn't a racist. He wasn't a bigot. He worked for all the people. But now he had the power, so he did what people with the power do. But he was acting normal. Then he could have cruised. In, he would have, Marv, he would have cruised into another term with yeah. no problems. Yeah. Because you know how hard it is to beat the incumbent. But... When he the the day after he announced he was running, and actually during that same uh, announcement when he talked talked about all the Mexicans are rapists and murderers, he was telling us what he was going to be like. Then the next day he was telling us even more, and then he went into all this other stuff. I want to ask those folks down in South Florida, and I hope some of them are listening. And if if, you, if anybody who is listening know anybody in South Florida, call them up and have them tune in. I want to ask them how the hell. In South Florida, the Cuban Americans in South Florida, you know, voting for Trump. How the hell can you do it when, from what I understand, Cuban Americans in South Florida are huge uh, benefactors of Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act? Trump is telling you he's fighting like hell right now, still in court, to get rid of Obamacare. He's talking about getting rid of your health care. Cuban Americans in Florida, how the hell can you turn out and vote for Trump when he is telling you that if he has his way, your health care would be thrown in the toilet? Are you so, crazy? So that's a perfect what segue. Perfect segue. We were going to go into what the, hell? <laughs> the second topic of you know policies governing coronavirus. Go ahead. No, oh, I was going to say, we go. oh, yeah, yeah. we pol- talked about Corona in three days, <laughs> have we? <laughs> The only, the only corona, the only corona we're talking about is the ones that's cold, watery with a uh, lime in it. <laughs> that used to be one of my favorites, uh, but it yeah, still is. Don't, the, be, don't even go there. It still is. <laughs> the policies that's governing uh, coronavirus, uh, the economy, jobs, education. Um, 
you know, talking about it now uh, as it stands, and then what you think that we're in uh, in store for with uh, with Biden coming in, especially in the first hundred days, man. You know, so here's the deal. Here's the deal with Biden right now. I mean, this is this is just my opinion. He now has to come into the kitchen, be given the mop to clean up the mess. All right. Now, the mess could be so wide, it's going to take him a while, or it could be small. Right now, we have to stay the course as far as therapeutics and vaccine, all right, in order to get control of this virus that is still continuing to run a, 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 a hole through us, all right? Mm-hmm. He has to now go into to, to the people, American people, this is Joe Biden, look, we need to continue wearing masks. We need to social distance. We need to continue to sanitize. We have to do the things to kill the virus, mitigate the virus because of the fact that we have to follow science, all right? We're not throwing in the towel like Trump did, all right? We have to follow the science. Let's continue following the science in order to destroy this situation. Now, if if it means people continuing to wear masks, social distance, even if, I hate to say it, even if it means, you know, we may have to go back into a partial lockdown per se, people basically stay at home for a week or two. Mm-hmm. If everybody stayed home, if everybody stayed home except for police, fire, and ambulance and stores, you know, the essential people, uh, if everybody else stayed home for a week or two, we could put a dent in it like we did a few months ago, right? But going out and having these parties and then we got people coming into the country from other countries who may be bringing the virus back in so it can now grab on the people and replicate itself, you know, that's a problem. We have to follow the science. Trump and his folks that gave up doing the towel, they don't give a shit. Well, I mean, let's think about that, though. Again, we're talking about the first 100 days. Look, we're talking about violence right now uh, and potential violence here in the coming weeks. Well, you know, 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 with the violence thing, with the violence thing, um, we need to basically hold up, wait a minute, because... A lot of this stuff, remember, all of this crap that has occurred has occurred on Trump's watch. Right, right. right. But where I was going so, with that was that I'm saying, <clears throat> you know, we how do you how do you approach the uh the the wearing of masks and everybody agrees to it or the the hunkering down uh and socially distancing for a couple of weeks uh until we start to see the curve go in the opposite direction. How do you get the Trump supporters who are going to be in, um, how can I, how can I say this? They're going to be in the bottom of a, a whiskey bottle, uh, you know, in the hey, next few know, weeks. It's I gonna, mean, it's going to be very, it's going to be very tough. tough. It's, you know, it's going to be very tough because of the fact that Trump and his people have gotten these folks in a position where they believe, you know, uh, social distancing don't, don't work. Wearing a mask don't work. A lockdown don't work. You know, cutting the economy to a certain point don't work because, you know, like I said before, they're going to run around, I'm American, I'm an American, it's my right. It's my, yeah, it's your, your it's your right. If you want to die, it's your right. But right. it's not your right, it's not your right to infect other people, to infect me, to infect people in my family and I care about. You don't have a right to do that. Yeah, okay? and, and again, like this, you is said, a, this is attacking their sense difficult. of identity. It's very, it's very difficult saying now, what are we going to do with those folks? Those folks have to come back to common sense. And when they're, I think when their dear leader has been slapped on his, knocked down on his ass, 
okay, and they realize that this was wrong, hopefully folks will come back to their common sense. But what is common sense to people that don't recognize common sense now? When you got got people, 3,000, 4,000 people standing shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, you know, at one of Trump's Klan rallies, it's telling you right there what those folks are thinking. The people in that community, the people in that metropolitan area, it's telling you right then and there. You're, you want to say to those 6,000 people, are you crazy? There's uh, a pandemic going on. They uh, just, 95, 98% of you are not wearing masks. You're breathing and, and talking and, and, and screaming and chanting. They just like opened, folks. They just opened a skate park here in Rochester. And so last night, you know, on the inaugural, you know, opening night, it was packed. And these folks yeah, were well, not, they were not wearing face people, masks. They people were believe, not socially distant. Right. People believe that they're bulletproof. People believe that the virus is not going to latch onto them. Okay. For the folks who went to that skate park last night, if any one of you come down with COVID in the next three to 10 days, you have an idea where you may have caught it from. That was your choice. That was what you wanted to do. You didn't have to do it. It did not affect your going to school. It did not affect you going to work, going to get food, going to visit your doctor. You went to the skate park for your own personal entertainment. And and unfortunately, you caught a bug. That's like almost that's almost like going out, you know, uh, going out someplace, you know, and, and, and engaging in unprotected sex. You come down with an STD. Well, but here's the kicker. You ran, you ran the risk. <laughs> the, the, the majority of the folk that were there were not city residents. The bulk of them were were Makes no, that's a, yeah, to su- be suburban. And, so they had to put a curfew thing up uh, or signs up because the media was down there, you know, were reporting this saying nobody's practicing social distancing. And so well, then know, the, the city had to come back with a response and say, all right, for uh, you suburban – uh, for the suburban folk that are coming out here, you got to wear your mask or you can't participate. Well, in they being... know they those folks. It's not that big of a superb, suburban area. Talking about Monroe County in New York, seven hundred and fifty thousand people in the entire metropolitan comp area, which stretches into uh, Wayne County, Ontario County, right, Livingston County. But so this, it's not like people don't know. This skate park is in the city, which again. Okay. You know, you had that whole campaign thing with the the uh, Trump. You know, talking about oh, we don't want apartments being built out here, bringing down your property he, value Trump in the was, suburbs. He, he was he, he's pandering. He's pandering. You know, for votes. He's pandering yeah, for votes. But how many so of a, his supporters were down there at that skate park in the city, the very place that they don't want the people that live now, in that area out in their places, neck of the woods? How many suburban? How many cities? How many cities, how many suburban areas all of a sudden had low-income housing projects built there? I want to name, somebody name a few for me. Oh, yeah, in, 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 in Pittsburgh, they went out to an affluent area in Pittsburgh and built three tenement buildings for low income. That stuff does not happen. He was just pandering for any vote he can because Trump now, after four years, he had to run on a record. All right. Yeah, but I mean, on on the on some truth though, we have probably because I remember hitting those areas. uh, Probably got about a good five or six apartment complexes, which are I would say very diverse in their populace. But but 
the majority of the folk that were in there uh, were a part of that underrepresented community. I won't say minority. That make, but yeah, but that doesn't make them low income. Well, what it does make is it builds into stereotypes. Because when you well, go you into those what, apartment complexes, like it I can did, have the stereotype, it can have a stereotype. But it's all there. You want. You, you, but that's what I, I'm saying. I you understand. can't ignore it because here's the I thing. Understand. They didn't when I ran when I ran for office. They didn't even want to send me to knock doors in there. They were like, "No, nah, don't bother going in there because they don't vote." So see, the stereotype see, well, is real. Those are, well, those are areas that, that I know. Those are areas you still went to. I sure did. Because you know better. I did. You can't, that person was telling you, oh, well, they don't vote. Well, they're telling you, you know, don't go there. They don't vote. What they were really saying is don't go there because we don't want them to vote for you. Absolutely. Right? You know exactly what they were saying, and you disregarded it because you're smarter all right, than, than, they than the are. average bear. <laughs> all right? You're, you're smarter, and you know better. You're saying to yourself, yeah, if, somebody, if you're running for office and somebody telling you, well, don't go there because they don't vote, that's a bunch of bull. Yeah. You go there and you you go there and you talk to the people and you get it straight from the horse's mouth. Because Absolutely. now the people in those areas can say, well, damn, he never came and talked to us. That was and a, you can't say, well, I didn't talk to you guys. The because I heard, you took the words I right heard out of my you mouth. Don't vote. You took the words yeah, out of my mouth. Because that was yeah. everything I heard. That's crazy. When I knocked on doors, they were like, wow, they never come out here. You the first one ever come out here and knock on our door. Right. So they were like, that's, we're, that's, we're that's, voting that's for you just because of that. You know? Right. Right. But I'm just saying the stereotype is when they drive past those uh, complexes in the suburbs, because we have a few, that's the thought. That's the mindset. Oh, that's that place that IQ45 was talking about. And you know what? The problem is that there are folks, the folks have the the ignorance and they're arrogant and it's been fueled by what's been going on the last four years. You had a person in the White House who had states had to fight with each other and bid and kiss his ass in order to get personal protective equipment mm-hmm. and ventilators and and, and and certain therapeutics and medicine. Right. Ah, wow, you are right. What, you want masks and gowns? And what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for me? That's his mentality. What are yeah. you going to do for me? What are you going to give me? It's all about him. His boys, his boys having secret meetings about the coronavirus and then run out and buying and selling stock, which would put money in their pocket based on the confidential classified information they were getting about the coronavirus in advance. They knew in advance what it was going to be and what sectors it was going to affect. Can you imagine if we knew about it very quickly? We could sit down. We can go out and buy stock in companies that make masks and hospital gowns and ventilators and even the people with that web, that WebEx, uh-huh. like the Zoom, yeah, the, they were like even wow, you know, that's good. They're going to be doing Zoom meetings and conferences, left and right, up and down, virtual. That's going to knock our stock through the ceiling, which it did. Now, by the time common folks, normal people, middle class folks found out about all this mess, all right, the stocks that went from fifteen dollars a share to one hundred and fifty a share. Stuff like that. So they were doing stuff because they were in the power. They were in the know. But with Trump, it's all about money, money, money. Coronavirus, he tried to make money on it personally. Him and Jared Kushner and Ivanka and all that other mess. (laughs) Okay, they did not. What was the last what was the last coronavirus task force meeting? 
When was the last coronavirus task force briefing to the nation? Remember, they were on TV every day a few months months ago. Yeah, now, until everybody caught it. Where, yeah, where, where, yeah, where are they at now? Probably, you don't see them. Probably still in quarantine. Yeah, the Surgeon General, he's talking about being out there. You know, his kid couldn't go on, go play, uh, go out on Halloween. Oh, man. Well, if you've been doing your job, maybe kids could have been out on Halloween. So Where's like, all of this stuff? <laughs> look like Pennsylvania just went up. Was it uh, twelve thousand? Yeah, twelve hundred. I think it was. Or, or no, no, no. Twelve hundred or twelve thousand? No, it was twelve. It was twelve hundred. Oh, okay. Who? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is at Biden's. Pennsylvania right now is at fourteen thousand. Oh yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, that was older. Okay, so yeah, fourteen. No, it's about yeah, it's about yes, yeah, it's, it's about thirteen thousand right now. But see, the thing is, when the next batch come up, it's gonna go from thirteen thousand to probably forty thousand or fifty thousand. Mm. You know, they're, they're coming. I, I, I know that they've been counting all through the night, and they're coming out with these numbers slowly. I'm not sure, but they, they, they want to make sure because they know the Trump people are there, are just there waiting for if any type of issue pop up or discrepancy or concern. They're running the court, filing a lawsuit. Oh, wow. We, we heard some guy who might have died after he voted, you know, so we're going to file a lawsuit. You know, this is the type of crazy mess that's going on. But Pennsylvania and these other states, they're not, they're not worried. They're, they're saying, look, our job is to count the votes. We're not here to to, to do it uh, in, in a 12-hour period. We're here to count every legally casted vote. Plain yeah. and simple. Plain and simple. End of story. And we're like saying we're on pins and needles because we all, those of us who have common sense, we're all saying the same thing. <laughs> What's that? All Trump about? has got to go. Mm-hmm. And it appears he's you know he he should be him and. Him and Melania should be there getting ready to pack up the suitcases and, you know, they, they better run in the White House and count all the damn pictures off the wall because they're going to run out of there with a lot of, you know, you better count the silverware. Oh, man. Hey, you tuned in to Two Blue Be Black, Two Black to Be Blue. This is your host, Marley Sides, with the good lieutenant, the Mr. Blake in the house. Uh, the dialing number is 585-653-0021, 585-653-0021. And it's Friday, uh, November 6th, man. We, uh, we got through Halloween, uh, you know, and looked like we just bypassed Thanksgiving because all I'm seeing is the Christmas, uh, you know, shows and, and all the, 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 the trinkets and stuff that's, that's been put out. So, um, you know, but I know it ain't it ain't Christmas for for uh, IQ45's family as they start to, to look uh, in packing their stuff, uh, even though <laughs> – he he seems to have hunkered down into 1600 Pennsylvania like he was accusing Biden of doing during the campaign. You know, to get some last minute picks. Talking some about basement time. basement Joe. Now we got the uh, basement IQ 45. Tell the Secret Service to go get him out that bunker because he can't stay. Yeah, we gonna we gonna evict him like he did all those uh, black folk that he did allow uh, to stay in his uh, uh, cheap housing down in New York City for for the ones that were able to get in. Um, so yeah, we, uh, covered, uh, a little bit of the COVID response, um, part of that first 100 days. Now the economy jobs, um, you know, how's that going to look under a Biden and, uh, Kamala, uh, administration, man? What, what's the first things that you tackle? I mean, you know, we've got a lot of people that are home because of COVID. So do you, do you put it in the COVID package or do you, 
split it and you have your, you know, your, your response team put back into action that Obama and then Biden had done uh, back under the Obama administration? Do you do you start to to revamp that uh, that organization back up and running? And and uh, and, you know, what's some other things? I mean, we still haven't heard back from, uh, you know, Ice Cube and them. Uh, now that we know that Biden's probably going to be our, our next president, you know, and P. Diddy, all of these guys that were talking all that stuff before uh, the election, uh, you know, now has gone so, so quiet. And, uh, you know, here's the time now to start bringing uh, things forward, saying, OK, in your first 100 days, where does this plan fit? You know, where does this contract fit? So, you know, what's what's some things in your mind as far as what you think in that first 100 days should be tackled besides COVID? Well, you know, the thing is that the, the Biden administration is going to have to take a look at what is what is actually going on in progress with the Trump scam of an administration. And then you have to go in and say, well, we got to work on this. We got to change this. We got we to look at all of the damage that has been done, per se, we have to look at, you know, the, the agreements that we've backed out of, the treaties, uh, climate change, all of the uh, economic policies that uh, the Trump people have put into place basically to uh, support them or support their ability to get money. Because that's all it was about with them is getting as much money per se as possible. Mm. Now, Biden, had to, the Biden administration will have to go in and see what is good for America. What is good for its people? What is good for the economy? The economy is supposed to be working for everybody and not a privileged 1%, uh -huh. okay? Once we once that is done, then we can go forward. You know, the first 100 days, every president has the, has a plan or, want, or should be putting in a plan in their first 100 days. They're going to say, you know, this, has been, this was going on before. This is what's going to go on now. But you have to, first of all, you have to take a look at what's been going on they had to get into Washington. They had to get in and get the, you know, all the stuff that they've been trying to get, the paperwork, the freedom of information, uh, uh, letters that were sent out, requests for information that, that Trump and them disregarded. Now they, they're able to go in there and say, all right, what's going to happen with this program? What are we going to do with that program? We found $2.2 trillion to spread out amongst our boys under the, the, the audacity of co coronavirus, all right? <laughs> we Now let's find let's find 2.3 trillion to help, you know, uh, this nation and the economy and people who are not working and people who lost their jobs and et cetera, et cetera. That's where that money was supposed to go to. Yeah, man. I mean, you still got, uh, you know, some of the Southern region from uh, the hurricanes that have gone through that haven't had, uh, you know, real, uh, you know, response done as far as, um, you know, fixing things. I mean, hell, Puerto Rico, man, you know, and, and uh, the Virgin Islands and um, Barbados, you know, all those areas in the Caribbean that were uh, decimated by uh, those tropical storms, you know, a lot of those places have yeah, not been addressed. Those, those were pe people of color. They did not care. They really didn't care. Trump went. He went to Puerto Rico and tossed brawny paper towels to people like he was playing basketball. And right. then jumped on Air Force One and said, ah, wow, okay, that shows them that I care. But, I mean, you know, really? we're talking about the first 100 days of the Biden and the Harris uh, campaign, you know, not, not, well, now comes the administration, rather. Um, what do they look to do? All right, look like we got Mr. They, Banks coming on. They have to have 
Hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts of bringing in Mr. Banks as well. I mean, just like any, just like any other problem analysis, you have to go in. You have to identify the problem first. Okay, so you can seek solutions. So, so here's Let's the problem. Find out what's wrong. Here's the problem. Huh? Here's the problem. Well, as, you as know, we, here's, here's, as here's, we here's welcome, the problem. As we welcome Mr. Banks to the to the uh, the, the the call as well. The, 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 <laughs> the problem is they held they they withheld information because a lot of information would make them or it does make them look bad. All right, they they don't want to answer questions. They don't want to say they don't want us to ask the women. Uh huh. Situation. Where? Or what about this? Are you putting money toward this? What about the infrastructure that Trump was going to do, rebuilding the roads and rebuilding bridges and all of that? Has that occurred? No. So we have to go in and find out exactly what's wrong, and uh, you know, peel back the layers of the onion to get to the root, and then go from there. That's what's going to happen in the first hundred days. All right, but uh, again. You're talking about like that that New Orleans, uh, uh, Texas, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, some parts of Florida, and then again, where in the grand scheme of things is um, Puerto Rico? What about when Cuba uh, and and uh, the sanctions that were lifted? Do we go back and revisit that under the Obama administration? We had started to do trade you know a lot of our farmers yeah. our farmers well, in upstate know, new york and other places exactly trump so. was just he wanted he just he just worked on erasing or trying to erase obama's legacy and anything obama did if, if obama was responsible for the well, for the sun trump would have tried to nuke the sun so let's just we know what that is all about i think all of that is larger nice. agenda behind the, behind cuba though to be honest with you than just obama i think it was larger than obama this cuba thing Oh, it was, it was definitely larger than, and, and that's the part that I want you and Blake to, to, to respond to and then I'll bring it back to P. So I'll, I'll rephrase the question again because I don't think P understood where I was going with that. We're, we're, beyond, we're beyond IQ 45. We know what he did. He dropped the ball. First 100 days, Obama and Biden, or, or rather Biden and Harris, uh, are coming into office with these uh, things attached that have been kind of like dismissed, really. Uh, Puerto Rico response, uh, Cuba being uh, reversed uh, with the open border, and then also those southern regions. How do we fix those issues that FEMA dropped the ball on uh, in your first 100 days? How about the black agenda? Like, majority of black voters are the people that are about to put Biden in office. The fact that we just turned out how we did at the polls. And we talking about Cuba and all these other things. First. Okay, so I'm going to remind you guys: this is too blue to be black, too black to be blue. I'm your host, Marv Desarge. I'm asking y'all a question. So, uh, I'm addressing your question. I'm saying, why is that the first thing that we look to? Well, if you answer the question, then maybe we can get to where you're going to, because you can tie it in with your response. But the question on the table is not to be dismissed by saying the black agenda, because if you realize who lives in Cuba, who lives in Puerto Rico, who lives in the southern regions of the United States, they are primarily black and brown people. Well, that's so, my answer to so the question. We, we, we need a, there's a we focus on American blacks before we, emo- we focus on Cuban blacks. That's my answer to the question. Well, All right, so we, we got big. But when we, look at, when we look at why Florida got lost, though, right, there, there's an issue when it comes to how 
we understand Latinos to be voting. Now, oh, here we go. Not, here we go. There's not, there's not a generalization within a generalization within that, but there is a larger story about whether you want to look at the spectrum of blackness or you want to look at the spectrum as it pertains to, to Latin people um, or Hispanic people. <clears throat> there is a difference between those words, and it comes with different kind of welcomings to America, right? So, like, if we're going to talk about Cuba, then their issue with those votes, right, is that why are Cubans okay, the Cuban-Americans here, why are they okay with Cubans back home not having any actual support? Why are they, why are they okay with that? Because those so Cubans they, back home are black. The Cubans so that made really, it to the Cubans that made it to Florida, most of them are a very fair skin, fair complexion, and they yeah, identify they as white. Them, yeah, they call them the white Cubans, and they identify so, as white. So there's, there's, there's a class system system still in Cuba too, though. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because no 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 brown and black people actually hold political office in Cuba, and that's one of the main issues, right? Mm-hmm. But social, socialism has been master, masqueraded around Cubans and, and Latinos. Specifically as a buzzword because they're using Castro's uh, history to try to uh, uh, gaslight what socialism is actually supposed to be. Right. They're masking this dictatorship and authoritarianism in order to fearmonger, you know, the specific group of Latinos away from voting for anything that even remotely sounds like socialism because they brainwashed them into thinking and believing that that is a direct cause of what. Castro, what they feel Castro did in Cuba. So that, that misinformation campaign, it, it has worked to some degree, but all Latinos for Trump or what have you did not vote based on that same thought process. So one thing I did learn is that there are different spectrum spectrums to the conversation of why Latinos were voting for Trump. Hey, Kyle, Kyle, I got a question. I got a question for you. Uh, the Cuban-Americans in Florida who are big benefactors of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, are those Cubans who have Obamacare engaging in socialism? Absolutely. So now, these are the same Cuban-Americans who, for some reason, have this huge, quote-unquote, issue about socialism, but they're utilizing Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, right? But, and you're absolutely right. How many Republicans that voted for Trump and hate socialism are actually benefiting from Social Security? Like, come yeah, on. you're right. I agree. Another, I agree. But the misinformation campaign has gone too far as the point because people don't understand what they're actually voting for. Right. You're right. That, right. I agree. So right. I'm, I completely agree with you. But the issue with Cuba is larger than just a misinformation campaign. This is propaganda at its finest because... America got slapped on its fucking face over and over again by the Castro regime, and they are not playing with that place anymore. They want to see it die out to nothing, get on one bended knee, come back home crying with bruises before they even give it anything. And yeah, it's like Haiti. not going to do it. It's like Haiti. It's like Haiti. Because Haiti was so successful in the revolt against uh, enslavement, and so the punishment was to economically cut them off and decimate them. So one side of the, the island is, is impoverished beyond uh, any hum, humane uh, conditions, and the other part of the island thrives. Again, uh, how do we connect that to us? Because if we think kind of like IQ45, and that's what I was going at, Blake, not to slam you, uh, you know, nationally, but to say that, you know, we can't narrow our scope down to what is it just 
for black people in the U.S. What's in it for us? Because we are global and we are very uh, broad in our ethnicity. So when you find things that deal with inhumanity, uh, uh, oppression across the board, you have to tackle those things globally because they impact us as people of color because we're in that impoverished, underrepresented, marginalized, and uh, undervalued uh, community. And we so we can't target what's outside of our community first, though. But and that, then, but that is our community. That is our community, right, but there's but, also a more immediate community that Blake, should be addressed I think you're absolutely first. Right. I think the only thing, though, is that the the problem that we have is that the black sphere of what we want in our agenda is not going to go very far if misinformation is still allowed to to, to run rampant mm-hmm. across many issues. We always talk about, you know, all of us here talk about. You know, the idea of having what we want to see as as reparations. But you better believe right now, based on what history has told us, that that can never come to fruition if we're not in somewhat of a more socialist friendly environment. That's for sure. Because we've seen what 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 historically white fragility and white supremacy has done when they start to see that someone is getting something they're not. And I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's, let's put this in perspective. You're talking about the communities that we live in. All right. Uh, how do we get resources right now? If you got a, uh, let's say killer Mike's um, ideal of uh, black farmers and black uh, produce um, Cuba is in need of farming uh, like dairy, uh, poultry, okay? They get their powdered milk from Australia, okay? And then a lot of their other resources come from places like Russia. So now the black community might not be able to get into the mainstream of farming industry here in America, but with this administration, putting together that contract or dealing with some of the things that's already placed on the, 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 uh, the house, uh, uh, platform from bills, uh, years ago. If we take those things and say, okay, let's open up to these small, uh, black owned businesses, black being, uh, of African diaspora and connect them with the communities like Cuba or other places where we do, um, agricultural, uh, trade with the amount of revenue and economy that would be generated within our black farming community or in the entrepreneurial, just like uh, the, the drink uh, uncle nearest. Okay. You got a black woman who is the descendant of uh, nearest green. And she is now uh, putting together a, um, a franchise, if you will, um, uh, mentorship for those who want to go into uh, the distillery uh, have a black owned distillery, whether you do whiskey uh, or you do other types of spirits, but to have those businesses being ran and, um, um, uh, you know, uh, connected within other communities of black businesses, that's that mindset. And that's that practice and theory of the uh, uh, Greensboro or, or Tulsa or Rosewood. Again, it's got to be a broader picture rather than saying, I'm going to keep it specifically to this right here. And that's it. 
right? Not, not just that, no, Mar, but you're, you're, you mentioned the fact that when it came to what was happening with black farmers in, in, in America, Cuba was one of the ones there to invest in us. Yeah. And our black farmers who weren't getting money from our own government. We were getting blacklisted from our own government. Yep. And, and Cuba is the one, you know, Castro came in. Now, I'm not going to ever like sit here and say that I agree with any form of dictatorship, but I will say that the totality of the, the entire story of, of Castro, who he is and what, we, what he represents, is not being told so that people can make their own decision. True that. True that. And then, we, you know, even talking about the medical. Again, the dentistry, yep. the pharmacy, you know, you have you have uh, uh, black pharmacists who come out of Cuba because their their medical uh, school is far uh, more um, uh, uh, was by, by my words. I'm thinking they're far more um, uh, better than our, our medical uh, facility um, universities, the, the doctors that they're turning out down in Cuba. They're tackling things. Matter of fact, they're being used in other uh, parts of the, 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 the world. And America is discovering that, wow, we got them right here in our backyard and we won't do business with them. We won't allow them to come over and practice medicine or pharmacy. But then they go to other parts of the world and they're practicing and we're using their knowledge and their experience because of the schools that they come from that we don't recognize, but those schools surpass our medical schools, our institutions. So I say that to say that we have to look at how do we move forward. If we're talking about a, a contract, we're talking about a third party. You can't keep it within the borders of our country because the folk in our country have been suppressed and socially conditioned to look at things in a, microcosm when everything outside of them is so much bigger and and that's what we need to start drawing upon and making our networking with places like cuba uh africa um brazil you know we got to tap into places that are looking for a window of getting into america and helping those who are tied to them ethnically bring them up and that's how I, I really that's how I see us moving forward. We can't we can't just keep it in our our own borders. I mean, we're we're not even networking in our own borders. Let's let's, Mar, let's, Mar, let's be real. Let's let's be real. Let's be real. We know that if right now they said, well, you know what? Uh, even the Biden administration, the incoming uh, administration, even if they say, you know what? We're going to return to what we were trying to do or we started to do with under the Obama administration. You know, uh, loosened up travel to Cuba, uh, uh, started, we're going to talk with them, we're going to help, we're going to do things, become most likely a partner, you know, with Cuba per se. To, uh, now, if they had said, well, you know what we're going to do, we're going to open up the agriculture and we're going to give the first shot to these underprivileged, underrepresented people of color, you know, black farmers to, you know, to, to sell wheat and rice and whatever else in Cuba to start off with. You know, like I know, white farmers would go through the damn roof, all right? That's what it's about. Because right now, with agriculture, they're controlling the markets. They're controlling the contracts. They're controlling who we sell. We got excess. We got kids starving in America, but we're selling tons and tons and tons of wheat and rice and corn to other countries. Right. You know, because 
those people who are selling are white corporations, white farmers who are getting paid the chunks of money, right? They're controlling that. Once that control gets loosened and gets spread around, things are changing or change. Right. If we we go back to possibly opening up communication with Cuba, opening up travel, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been all over the I've been all over the Caribbean and I'm waiting for Cuba. All right, because I heard that there are places there that are beautiful. Yeah. All right. This is twenty this is twenty twenty. This type of mess is ridiculous. This type of stuff is ridiculous. We got embargoes on countries that are ninety miles away from us. Uh we can't, you know, we can't go the, the government's telling us we can't go to Cuba because they are pissed at Cuba. You know, this is ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, again, also, why why are they pissed? There's a factor. There's a factor of proximity to blackness. I think is, is a real issue. Mm. I think when when Castro was doing a lot, it was at the benefit of Black Americans at a time when America didn't want that. Mm-hmm. And I think they understand that what what kind of ally Black America has in Cuba at the end of the day, mm. and they don't like this shit because historically, again, historically this has been proven right. that anytime Black people start to create some type of power. It dies. Mm. And whether that power is a person, a group, what have you, it is here today, gone tomorrow mm. by way of a la governmente. So I'm just saying straight up, like, whatever we have, it needs to be protected. Because right now, where we are with Biden, that's the biggest black agenda that we, we need to be discussing right now well, that- and, and being in celebration of. Because, you know, first and foremost, as a collective, we told his ass what he needed to do. And then we backed them based on that deal being made. Right. You know, not for nothing. Right now we're talking, you know, people are talking about, oh, the black, you know, the black agenda and Biden's black agenda, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Not too many people were jumping back and forth talking about Trump's agenda with black America. Nobody was calling Trump on the carpet. Nobody was going to him and saying, well, wait a minute, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're telling black America what do we got to lose. Well, we can tell you what we have to lose. What are you going to do different? Yeah, and but, he didn't. But the, but the people that went up and saw him, like Steve Harvey and a few oh, others, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Bullshit. Th- there was that's people, bullshit. There was people that reached out to him. You know, even the the the, um, the HBCU president showed up. He used that as a photo op, but he never gave them any substance. You know what, Marv? You know what, They showed up. They showed up, Marv, because they, they were looking for money. Yeah, but he was looking for a photo op, and so he promised them, "Yeah, you can come. We'll meet and we'll talk." He didn't. He didn't take and that was it. He he does. He he wanted a photo op, but he didn't need the photo op with HBCUs because the HBCUs are are slammed. They're in trouble. They need Trump more than Trump needs them. Yeah, but the photo op wasn't for yeah, but they the HBCUs. Federal funding, regardless of Trump, right? And he that's already not, has that on the on the on the on the on the lines right now. Yeah, but 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 Kyle, that federal funding that that federal funding can be stopped. It can be whittled down. It can be revamped. It's a budget and line, and that's and that's the part two of what I was going to say is that there was language that started to come out showing that that was his plan was to whittle it away. Yeah, it's, it's it a gonna, plan. Yeah. No, no. So I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you, but I'm also saying at the end of the day, whether we hold whether we whether we hold a black agenda to, to Trump or Biden. Who, who honestly are we getting more done with the black agenda? I'm holding Biden accountable because I believe with him we're going to be able to actually move that agenda somewhere. All right, why wasn't why Trump? We, why aren't why why don't you hold Trump accountable? 
Oh, there was no need to try to hold him accountable because he'd already he'd already displayed the fact that he didn't care for the black agenda. Well, he still he still got to be held accountable, and you know what? He's being held accountable right now. Well, today that's why he's being held accountable as one of the most racist presidents we've ever had. No, he, no, yeah, he, accountability. no, he's no, he's no. That's not accountability. He's being held yes, accountable. Is. He's being held accountable because he's been voted out. How do you that's hold how somebody, he's been, how That's how you, he's being held accountable. How do you hold somebody yeah, accountable if you don't have any leverage on them? Which is the whole point. Of this. How do you hold somebody accountable if you don't have any leverage on them? Like for, well, for he he's been in office for four years. There's not really been anything that we as the black community could do to hold him accountable to make well, him no, do something for us. We, yeah, no, we, now, no we, now, we just did. Now we can. Now we can vote him out of office. But I mean, while he right, was that's in the only, that's while the only he was, thing you can, while he was in the office, vote, what were you going to do? Like, what did we have? We didn't have any problem. financials. We didn't have any deals. That with is Cuba. the problem. We once didn't they're, have any once they're in office. Once they are in office, now all of a sudden, all these promises that they made, all the stuff they was going to do, now all of a sudden, they out get the in office, and if they forget about it, it's out the window, blah, blah, blah. You can't do nothing until the next election cycle. That's just how it is. And that's, that's why, why, and that's that's why, why I, you have to listen. That's why you listen to them and put them, you put their feet to the fire prior to voting. Exactly. exactly. No, f- four years ago, four years ago in November... In 2016, when people were making a choice between Clinton, it's okay. People needed to listen and find out prior to voting. A lot of people ignored it and voted this idiot into office. And then for four years, he created nothing but turmoil and chaos. Well, you know what the problem is. Now we have the ability to change it. You know what the problem is. We're always voting. We're always voting in a time of desperation. So we put Biden in office this time because he was the better option to Trump. It don't mean that he was the greatest option. It just means that he was the better option to Trump. We we went ahead and voted Barack in well, office you know, because is, he was the is, only black is, man that in the, the running problem. that, that we could get into prior, office. Right? We got to start. Get voted in, if people vote these fools in based on, you know, Trump told us exactly what type of clown he was going to be. Yeah, people did. still voted for him. So it's no surprise. Nobody was surprised over the fourth. They were just surprised at how extensive he really was a clown. So, so, I, now, go, so I go back so to my question a, again. I go, I, I go back to my initial question again. Trump is done. We are, we, we're looking at Biden and Harris in the first 100 days. Blake mentioned leverage. You mentioned, P, uh, the fact that uh, once they're in, they're in. So with this being... The first 100 days, the media, everybody's going to have attention turned on Biden and Harris. What do we bring to them as the first request or demand, however you want to phrase it, as far as the black agenda moving forward in these first 100 days? What is is it going to be? We need to be talking about economic empowerment within our community here in America, which is why I was bringing up. We don't need to be talking about uh, Cuba right now and striking deals with them because we don't have any deals to strike with them. We haven't been we haven't established ourselves within our own community first. Now, it's a great no, idea to branch out. But I don't think that's a deal, though, Blake. There's no deal in that. It's just lifting shit that should be lifted. And I think a lot of these things can happen simultaneously. Yeah, no, they definitely can happen simultaneously. But we need to make sure that we're placing extreme importance on our our agenda, specifically here in America first simultaneously right, while me, doing that stuff. That's on, let me open up point. Ice Cube's platinum plan so we can look at page one and go through. Yeah, because yeah. I, I want I don't what want ju- supposed to be doing. <laughs> Thank you. Cause I don't want I don't want the general response that you guys are giving me. 
You guys, that's that's why we are still in a circular conversation with those politicians that get in office because we say we need to do this and we need to do that, but we don't say what that and this is. And that's why I brought Ice Cube's agenda is played like 17 times over. Do you know that a lot of the stuff in Ice Cube's agenda is already on the house? All it has to do is be signed in. But okay, but has it been written out as as thoroughly as it's been written out in that agenda? Yeah, because yeah. what you were showing me previously the other few days was spread out over a few different agendas. Right, and I, it didn't cover everything that Ice Cube mentioned in his. No, what I was you showing guys, you was wait, wait, hold on. You I'm guys saying, do saying, you you guys do realize you do realize that everything is not totally controlled by the White House. You guys, I know y'all do realize yeah. that the Senate, the Senate is yep. a huge powerful factor yes the house of representatives yes. is a huge powerful factor the house of representatives can put together a bill that says all type of great stuff for the black agenda and you got the senate saying ah nah we don't right. we don't agree with that right and, and then and, shoot it down and, and that bill so and that was next so we know what stimulus is coming out it's not going to be like the first one right and, and so the example so the example that blake's talking about was one that i just brought up to address one of the issues that was in ice cube's contract and so what i was saying was and, and Pete just kind of started to go toward it was that this bill is sitting in uh the senate and mitch mcconnell and lizzie graham and them they're sitting on it they're not they're not signing off on it for it to go forward so, and so that's what i was saying was that much of what Ice Cube and them are talking about, because there's nothing new under the sun. You can't you can't sit here and tell me Ice Cube and the few people that he met with are geniuses and they thought this whole thing up like they, like it has never been brought up before. I'm, well, nobody's saying that. We're saying that it's. But that's more, what they're saying. They're no, pitching that, saying no, that they didn't say that. Well, they, they said, said that. they said to they said because I watched Ice Cube in his interviews. I went through YouTube and watched a bunch of them. What he was saying was that. Many of the black leaders of old and politicians went out there and marched and did all this, and they didn't get anything done. And what I'm saying is that it's easy that, to point your that's finger. Not, that's not everything he said, though. Hold but on. but now, but that, now but, you're starting to paint a little bit of a narrative. I seen the same interview, and he said that they had to go out and do those things because they were still trying to build leverage for us. So he's not saying that what they did was not was useless. They're saying that it's time for us to take it to the next level. Hold on, let me finish. Hold on, let me finish. finish. They went out and built the leverage, and they marched for us because we were trying to fight for identity when it when when they were doing what they were doing. Because you got to think, we're coming from slavery prior to that. We're still trying to fight to just be people within this country. Now it's time to move on to that next step where we're trying to build economic empowerment. We're trying to gain this leverage that I'm talking about. But how do you move on if you're not even recognized you, as a human can, being? You can't, you, you cannot I'm gain not, leverage. See, you're making you can't it, you're gain making leverage it, on the make, White House. On, That's hold crazy. On, hold on, hold on. You guys are making it a versus, you guys are making it a versus thing right now. Whereas, Oh, how can you do this without doing that? No one said do it without doing that. It's time to make the next step from that. He's saying, I recognize what those leaders did and fought for us as human beings. Now that we are recognized more as human beings. Are we? 
was still being killed in the street. Barack Obama was president of United Street. Okay, oh, so United so so oh, yes, so so yes, Barack yes, Obama we, becomes yes, president. Still killed in the street, but we still but got we, men and women being dropped in the street almost we still, weekly. Are we still slaves on plantations right now? Yeah. No. Okay, maybe in a different. In a different <laughs> you asked that you question. I had so to if, say. It. So if you're one of the people that are saying <clears throat> that no progress has been made in 400 years, then you are, have a right to that mindset. But I don't so think that no progress has been made at all. I, like, I think amendments <laughs> have been signed. I think I think uh, black people have held office. Like I think that there has been a certain amount of progress made, and there I think has we, been inroads. Okay, so yes. I think we do have leverage to start building up and making industry and, and holding more positions of power in office because we've actually accomplished something now. Now it's time to right. write out a contract like the Black Agenda because it needs to be spelled out. Now you were talking about this bill that's been sitting there waiting to get passed. I do want to know what the name of the bill is so I can look it up and compare it to the black contract because I don't want us to just say that there is a bill sitting there, but we don't know exactly what the name of that bill is I and sent what it, it entails. I sent it to you guys. I can't help that I don't have it. Send it Send it again because I just want to read it off with the CWBA and make sure that well, everything Pull up in the CWA bill, because I'm right here on my phone. All right. I want to hey, can compare, I jump in compare, for a second here? Yeah, go ahead, Lou. Can I jump in for a second? Uh, give Blake a chance to take a deep breath, you know? <gasps> First of all, I gotta get everything using, in one breath because y'all gonna yeah, go for well, about an hour. No, because you're, you're saying a lot, you know, you know, and everybody, you know, people want to respond to some of the go stuff, ahead. you know. But when you, I, I, I forgot what you said go eight ahead. and a half minutes ago. So all anyway, I said, all I said was, oh, here we go. <laughs> all I said was <laughs> that we, uh, that you know what, I'm gonna let you go ahead and get your stuff up. No, 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 no. I, 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 I respect try- your thoughts, hundred percent. All I'm saying is that before you use. Before you use the word leverage, mm-hmm. you have to put it in the context of this situation. It's very hard to get leverage on that person once they get elected and get sworn in. They don't. We can't put leverage on them. They have leverage on us. So yeah. what we have to do is we have to put people in the Congress. We have to put people in the House of Representatives who are going to put together legislation to make uh, things go in a certain direction. Then you got to have the numbers in the Congress, in in the House of Representatives, to get that bill passed. Then it goes to the Senate. You have to have people in the Senate who's going to sign on to that bill before it even gets to the president's desk for a signature. Now, before the the House of Representatives, you got 435 congressmen all over, and congresswomen all over the country. Any one of them can write a bill. A congressman from Missouri out of the rural areas can write a bill talking about reparations for $100,000 for every African-American in the United States. He can, he or she can write that bill. Now, it's got to go to committee, then to another committee, then it's got to go to full vote, then it goes to the Senate, who puts it in one or two committees before they vote. So you have a whole bunch of room for people to make a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell has about they said it's about 25, 30 different bills that have come from Congress, high-ranking bills that because the Republicans had the Senate and it wasn't in their narrative, they are not, McConnell isn't even putting them out for vote because one man, Mitch McConnell, has the power to screw over 328 million Americans. All right? That's why it's very important for uh, the Senate to be in the control of people who are going to do things. And we've seen what the Senate has done over the last four years, yeah. right? 
All they want to do is put in conservative judges who are going to strike down uh, stuff that will benefit people of color. That's what's going on. We can. It's very, very difficult to leverage the White House once the person is in, in the office. And, okay. and that's all I was saying. I wasn't saying that, that, that that's like an easy feat. I'm saying that's what our problem has been that we keep facing, that we're trying well, to you know, leverage yeah, that's our problem. Exactly. That's our problem because look what happened the other day on Tuesday. They swore up, people swore up and down over the last four months, three, four, five months, that Susan Collins, senator in Maine, was going to get hammered. They swore up and down Lindsey Graham was going to lose. Uh, Jamie Harrison, he 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 got what he he brought in a hundred million, hundred five million dollars. A black man in South Carolina brought in a hundred five, hundred ten million dollars in campaign donations to to, to to battle Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was crying on TV like a little girl begging for money two three weeks ago because he was getting outspent like crazy. What happened? Those people in the backwoods of South Carolina said, you know what? I'm still going to vote for Lindsey Graham because Lindsey Graham is a white man. I don't care what Jamie Harris would say. I'm voting Lindsey Graham. All the stuff that occurred with Lindsey Graham, we all seen it on TV. We all heard it. Everybody who enabled Trump, all these Republican senators, people like us were saying, you know what? They're going to be voted out. The polls were showing that they were going to be voted out. What happened Tuesday? Graham stays. Collins stays. Uh, a few other people who were going to be thrown out. Joni Ernst in Iowa was behind in the polls for the last six months. She was behind, but she wins on election night. Okay, this is what's going on. So now you got the same people who were enabling Trump. Now these are the people that Joe Biden is going to have to deal with or even battle with in order to get his agenda forth. And if Joe Biden's agenda gets screwed up, because of the U.S. Senate, he's going to have his hands sort of tied because in the legislative process, if those bills don't make it to his desk, for the most part, after being voted on and passed by the the Congress and the Senate, they'll get to his desk, then he might be able to do certain things under an executive order, all right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of, you know, laws is, laws are laws, and they have to be passed by the House of Representatives and the Senate before they can be signed into law, all right? That's the problem. We had a chance Tuesday night to turn the Senate uh, uh, Democratic, maintain the House. Things would have changed in another direction. Now, there's going to probably be another battle going on for the next four years because the Senate may stay Republican, which means they're going to be able to put their, their stamp on things they want to put their stamp on. Now, as far as the Black agenda, all right, you have to ask people in Congress, what do you think about the black agenda? So, right? when you got you got people in outlying areas disrupting things. You're going to have to ask the U.S. Senate. You're going to have to ask, somebody ask Mitch McConnell about the black agenda and his feeling about it and see what he says. Yeah, okay? It's, it's, so it's, let me right. jump in real quick. Um, Blake was asking that one question. Now, let's, let's, let's put this in perspective. You have the anti-lynching uh, bill that's still waiting to be signed. Okay, you also have uh, the Pure Waters Act, right? You got Flint, Michigan, and some other places in in the U.S. that have this uh, lead-filled water. So, in Ice Cube's contract, where does it address the water and uh, quality of life issues, as well as the anti-lynching bill? Boom, 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 boom. Let me scroll to the bottom. Uh, 
Let's see. Let's see what we got in here. Police reform, entertainment, new monuments, institutions, black American responsibility, marketing of neo-real construction. I don't know. I'd have to keep scrolling through this. Yeah, it's not in there. Okay. You ain't yeah, well, keep going through it because all he's Trump has done nothing but deregulate corporations and factories and all that type of stuff because they're filling his pockets with money. All right. No, but reason why I brought water. reason why reason why I brought those two points up, uh, and and I know that going through Cube's uh, plan, I, I didn't see it in there, uh, but I do know that those are issues that have been on. Oh, hold on, Amar, Wait Amar, a minute, let me finish quick. my what point. Is... Let me finish my point. Those issues have been on the uh, the House Senate for over fifty years, right? Anti lynching. We all know that lynching is not right, but yet we can't get the lynching bill, the anti lynching bill passed. We know that we know that pure we know that that lead filled water is not right. But yet you had the Michigan governor trying to go out his way to hide the fact that they dropped the ball and was poisoning the water, uh, not only for black people, but for white people that were living among black people. Well, shit, white people use water too in Flint. Right, but I'm just saying the impoverished and underrepresented communities that this water was going to. Remember now, Flint was a local problem. The city of Flint, I don't know what county Flint's in, the city of Flint, the county that Flint is in, and also the state. That was a local problem. The feds shouldn't have had to get involved with Flint. But there's other okay. communities nationally that are dealing sure with the is. same issues as sure Flint. Is. Of course and so is. what I the where I, where I was going with that was saying that Cube, although well intended as well as those that are working with him, they need to take a look at history and look at the things that we've been challenged with that are currently still on the house floor. And Cube is, he is and get two those, years ago. And get those situations rectified. Because if you can't win the ones that are currently sitting on the table, how are you going to bring some new stuff to the table and oh, expect to Marv, get that my, ratif- answer, ratified? Answer my question. Marv, answer my question right now. What is the holdup with the anti-lynching bill? Who is holding that up and for what reason? Lindsey Graham. I, wasn't Rand Paul also involved in some type of yeah. uh, holdup on it also? He was yeah. involved? Yeah, just now, all they got to do is sign it. That's it. Every, so now, everybody so now, else signed it and approved it. He did the last one. And they won't. Well, how does two how does two people, or actually three people, because if it's Paul and Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, you have three people, three old bitter people. I'm trying to stay away from the race, but three old bitter people holding up something that affects 325 million people because they have the power to do that. Now we as folks, black folks brown folks, yellow folks, whatever color, we need to be saying to them, what the hell is your problem? And get an answer. The problem is, unless white people basically say, what the hell is your problem? They ignore us because we don't go in there or we don't go to them forceful enough. We could have went forceful enough to Lindsey Graham by throwing his ass out of office three days ago. But it didn't happen. Lindsey Graham is now sitting back drinking his bourbon, uh, uh, sighing a big whole air of, of relief because he's got another six years to do the stupid shit he's been doing the last six years because he was not thrown out of office. We have to show these folks that we mean business. We're not going to have a black agenda if we're not being listened to. Right, right. We're not going to have a black agenda. So, so Joe, we can have so, a black agenda on paper ahead, all I'm we sorry. want. 
Go ahead. So and, we, can have, of, we can have an agenda all we want. If I, we're not I being wanna, listened to, I wanna, it's I wanna, not going to help. I do want to pose the question, though. Uh, we're talking about being listened to and taken serious. If we don't have an agenda, then what is there to take serious? Now, but, obviously, but we do have an agenda. Obviously, you, yeah, do, have, do, have an agenda. Obviously you do have the anti-lynching bills, and I'm sure there's a plethora of other bills that are sitting on the, those desks waiting to get signed. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep writing up things that should be done for us, you know, just it's because not that, no, Blake, it's not that, to. That's what it's I'm not hearing that from you guys right now. Maybe I'm no, mistaken. No, it's, it's not that these bills are waiting to be signed. These bills in, have been brought up. The bills start, for the most part, in, 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 in the House of Representatives. Even though the Senate does, they do bring out some also. You know, it has to be passed by both houses before it goes to the president. Those bills that were brought up by House of Representatives where the Democrats had to control over the House. So a lot of Democrats were, were getting bills passed that was uh, written up by them. It, they get stalled in the Senate because Mitch McConnell won't allow uh, being brought to committee. If they're not being brought to committee, they can't be sent forward for a vote by the full Senate. They're not waiting to be signed, you know, wait for Mitch McConnell to put his signature on it. Mitch McConnell, people, there are some senators saying, well, you know, I don't know nothing about this bill to uh, to, to give $100 million to the city of Flint to help with, you know, get their water clean. We don't have that bill because we never voted on the bill because the bill hasn't gone in the committee in the Senate or the bill hasn't been brought forward for a vote by the full Senate before it's been being sent to the to the White House. That's what's going on, because you got a hundred people, all right, in the Senate who are making these decisions. And if you got the, the Senate majority, all it takes is the Senate to have a, the one-party majority, which the Republicans have. They can sit on everything that comes forward to them unless they like it, or unless it benefits them, or if it, unless it's with their agenda. Try getting stuff geared for people of color past those old bitter white men. Good luck. Gotta start from the bottom up, then. Unfortunately, which is what a lot. Well, of you start from the bottom. Yeah, starting from the bottom up is voting. Starting from the voting. bottom up is voting. Voting, but very vote, simple. Voting for more than just you know what we just voted for. It people got to be a lot more involved in these local elections, which will ultimately you know mess with what's going on with on the state well, level you know, and then like, the federal level. But they, they, they can't expect they can't expect too much of a change when you're putting the same people who've been screwing things up for the last six, twelve years. You can't expect a change from them because now they've got six more years to sit back and do what they want, caucus the way they want to, you know, put bills forth. You know, you have one person, you know, who's in charge of a committee saying, you know what, we're not going to bring that in front of the Senate Appropriations Committee because it doesn't reflect our agenda. Well, we so now that we bill sits. We got to use the momentum that we built up for this election, though, because now people are paying attention. I, I don't know what the stats are, but I feel like more people probably voted for in this election than probably any election, at least in recent well, history. They, they didn't complete. They did not. They did not complete the situation. They needed to complete it by voting out Trump, and mm. then and then voting out those senators who have enabled Trump for the last four years. And we know who those seven, eight people are. We know who they are, all right? Like I said before, and I already named a few, that they were, their their political career was put into the grave. Oh, well, on Tuesday night, they resurrected themselves because those folks voted them back in, 
you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. People are complaining about Brett Kavanaugh and, and, and Amy Coney Barrett and, and, and all the unqualified judges that the Senate brought forward and put into office. And people were, were beyond themselves about those situations, but yet they did not rectify it. They did not correct it. They just sat on their asses and said, oh, I'm going I'm to go vote for Susan Collins because she's a Republican. And this is where we're at. So now for the next four years, there's going to be still bad going on in Washington. It happens all the time, but we're going we're gonna to be dealing with it. Now, as far as the black agenda and the contract with black America and the platinum plan and all of that crap, we're now we're going to see what happens with it. So I sent uh, you guys a link to Joe Biden's uh, campaign page because he's got on there Joe Biden's plan. And uh, and it talks about, uh, you know, health and economic impacts uh, that uh, uh, are faced uh, facing the African-American community. Now, Ice Cube, I spent a lot of years out in Los Angeles. OK, Southern California don't have fog. They have haze. And that's pollution. And they deal with it every morning. And some days they have to put out the alert because the air quality is so poor. And that's, you know, most major cities that have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, industry and, and, and vehicles and whatnot, they deal with that. That's why they have the emissions in the cars. Um, exposing people to high levels of air pollution for African-Americans, it starts to uh, go into other health issues and areas. So, Although Cuban and them are thinking with their wallet, and again, Malcolm X said, why are we looking at our entertainers and athletes to be leaders, right? They're entertainers and athletes. Do they have minds and do they have eyes to observe what's going on? Absolutely. But when we start to lean and depend on them to root out and research and vet things out that's going to impact us in a more uh, deeper fashion, I think that we have to, like you were saying before, we got to take a look at what they're offering rather than discount it. I also got to look at where exactly are they going and where did they get the information from? And what Cube is doing, he's reinventing the wheel. A lot of the things that he wants to bring up have already been brought up. And what they need to do is go and take a hand onto uh, those different uh, bills that were presented and say, look, we're aware of these bills that were presented by X, Y, and Z. Where is this in the grand scheme of being approved? And push that forward. If you need to tweak it, you can amend it and add some things to it that would be more, I guess, uh, relevant to our current times. Because, again, those, a lot of those bills were presented years ago, and there's some different things that have come about since then. So I get that with the amendment. But, you know, we all too often, we want to present something and discount what took place before saying, well, you did what you did over there. It didn't work. We're going to go a different direction. And I've been in that movie before, and I'm telling you, it doesn't work for us. We got to start taking the foundations that were laid for us and use it to build our houses rather than reestablishing foundations especially when those foundations have not been vetted out joe biden you know cube cube to cube should have took his ass to south carolina and had a meeting with lindsey graham cube should have then got on a private jet because he got the money and took his ass to kentucky 
and talk to Mitch McConnell and ask them these questions. These bills are here. This stuff is here. All right. It's not their agenda. Their agenda was to follow Trump because they didn't want Trump going against them because of Trump's popularity. All right. That's what they were doing. They were fighting to keep their own careers above water when everybody knows they should be gone based on the shit that they've done for the last four years. All right. People need to go to the folks who are making the difference. People need to talk to uh, Nancy Pelosi. People need to talk to Chuck Schumer. People need to talk to Mitch McConnell and and, and Kevin McCarthy and and Lindsey Graham. They need to talk to those folks and say, look, this anti-lynching bill, what the hell is your issue with it? Why is it stalled? Why hasn't it been brought up for vote in the United States Senate so it can be sent over for the signature in the White House to be made federal law? Right. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that you support lynching? Are you right. telling me you support protecting people who lynch other people? Right. Remember, lynching is a form of goddamn murder. What the hell is wrong with you guys? That's what they need to be talking and getting that response. You can put down. We can, we as a group on this telephone line right now yeah. on this podcast, we could put together. Uh, a contract with black America. We can put together a black agenda. We know what's, what the basic necessities are. We're at, people out here trying to still beg for proper health care, proper education, proper jobs, the ability to get jobs. All right. When we're being basically in, uh, hindered by folks who, who know that as long as they control those entities, they believe they control us. Yeah. All right. And this stuff is going, like you said, Marv, it's a perpetual wheel. It's a circle that's continuing to go. Well, we have people in office who can make those changes, all right? We all know people talking about, oh, Obama left 300 judges. No, Obama didn't leave 300 judges. The Republican Senate would not bring those judges forth for committee and nomination and vote because they were hoping to get a Republican uh, president in 2016, they were hoping for that, which occurred. So now they says, hey, those 300 judges, 250, whatever it is, they are all ours. And they put people in those judgeships that had that have no business sitting on a damn bench. Okay, plain and simple. They know what they were doing because they had the power. They had the numbers. Now, we don't we didn't do nothing to change the numbers. We're, we're, we're almost in the same position because if the Senate remains under Republican control, they're going to do, they're going to wreak havoc, you know, dealing, you know, with, with Biden's agenda, whether it's black America, native Americans, uh, Latinos, everybody's talking about Latinos. I don't know how anybody of color in their right mind would vote for Donald Trump. I don't care if you're Latino, Cuban, Venezuelan, whatever. He does not like people of color. He hates people of color, but he'll tell you any shit he can to get your vote to stay in office. He's a poli- he's a he's, he's a politician. He's not even a good one because if he was a good one, he would have got reelected because he would have done the shit he needed to do over four years to keep his self above water. Trump was an embarrassment, a national disgrace, chaos, turmoil for every single day of his uh, uh, position, and we still got two months before he's out of the job. What's going to happen over the next two months being lame duck? Yeah. And again, you know, how do, how, how do these contracts, how do these things move forward? 
that in that first 100 days, right, we're talking about Civil Rights Act. You're talking about Voting Rights Act. You're talking about uh, the fair housing. You know, all of these things are just circular, man. We keep coming back no. to them. And Yo, yet we want to. You are, Marv, you are, you are, you are screaming at a brick wall right now. I know. We hear I know. you. We hear you exactly. We know exactly what you talk about. You keep saying the same thing. Well, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? And so that, there is an issue because you have the Senate is being the roadblock. And that's why I was that's saying before roadblock. going outside of their wheelhouse. We know what they can do. How? Well, again, now that we got Biden and Harris coming in in that first 100 days, hey, Biden and Harris, open up the trade with Cuba again. Let's do this economic bill that we have uh, presented as part of the, the black contract, as part of some of the other bills that are sitting on the floor well, right you know now. Mom, you and said let's bills. connect. It, let's it, connect those. Sorry, you said you said bills. So you can forget about bills unless those bills are uh, handled appropriately by the House of Representatives right. and then In the, the U.S. Senate. Right. Other than that, you can forget about bills. And you so, have to do stuff. You don't have to do stuff by executive order. But we got the, again, we got the House and right now the Senate is in the balance, right? Because we're like forty nine and forty nine, so we're not. It's not a total loss with the Senate and the House. No, the House we it's got. Be Georgia, right? Georgia is going to be. Georgia is going to determine who has the power in the Senate with those two uh, runoffs that are going to occur on January fifth. If two Democratic uh, senators are Absolutely. elected in Georgia, then. Uh, uh, the Senate will be, I believe it will be 5149 Repub- uh, Democrat. Right. And so that's why I was saying now, you know, <laughs> talking about opening up those borders again and connecting those small, make the farmers a small business. You already got grants that I know that they opened up in New York State here in the last year. I'm pretty sure that they have those similar federal Come grants on. opened up nationally. How much, how, much, how, how much money did Trump give the uh, farmers in Iowa and Iowa and I think Nebraska, whatever. How much did he give two I, weeks before the election? 40, I know forty forty billion dollars. It was forty billion, but I but but, but here's, billion. here's, here's, why? here's he the because he wanted the votes because the initial he the votes the initial grant I think that was given for New York was somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand. <laughs> so see that? Yeah, that's yeah, a huge huge gap. Huge gap. Sure it is. So the sure so we know the can money. Imagine, can you imagine what forty billion dollars would do? <laughs> For farmers, but what's that says? It says the, it says Louisiana, the money's there. It says the, the money, money is, is there. there. Of course, it is there. So they that's the why power. that's why I'm saying being specific in that in this first 100 days. Hey this Joe, crazy. hey Joe, we know the money's there because we saw them say 150 to 200 thousand was going to be given to the farmers in New York. But then Trump all of a sudden said he was trying to give what four billion out. So guess what? Take that money. And send it nationally for the federal uh, connection to Cuba. These black farming uh, 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 farmers in, in in the southern tier of, of uh, the country, and and maybe even the west, and there might be some up north here that I'm not aware of. Let's get them connected, and then take the money so that they can start that, that trade with them. That gets that gets Cuba what they need to start building their economic. It gives our black farmers a market. So we don't have to fight with the, the, the market that's already saturated by the white farmers who may not want to give up what they have. So we, well, we, you know, the, we open up a problem, new market. Remember now, another problem is with, with, with black farmers, they have to weather the storm on their crops basically sitting to the side because 
They can't get into the market. And now they can't pay their bills. All right. So now their credit suffers. So now when these grants come out and you have banks who are the ones sending the money out, the government sends it to the bank then the banks can decide or, or more or less coordinate it. Then the banks are telling the black farmers, ah, well, uh, you got your credit isn't good enough. So that, uh, but that's where I'm going with that because we got black, we got black banks and black credit unions. So now the black, so now the black. I want to see, I want to see the U.S. government, I want to see the U.S. government give the Afro Sheen National Bank $10 billion to send out in grants. That's what I want to see. But you I see, I want to see the government give black people $10 billion. Give me, give me $10 billion to, to send out to poor farmers and people of color. They aren't going to do that. And that's because those old bitter white men are like saying, what? Well, you're giving ten. You giving ten billion dollars to black people. What? I'd, I'd, what? I'd rather. I'd rather they they make the attempt and let them shoot it down. I, I would. I agree. I agree. Then, then for would, us to, to shoot it down here. But that's. But, but that's what I'm saying. You you got the pieces in place because there's. What did I say before we, when we looked it up? There was how many blank? How many banks? Blank? <clears throat> uh, it's like. It's like right under twenty, I want to say. It's like under twenty uh, black banks and 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 credit unions. So you have which is which ones? Are, which one's the largest one? Uh, you one United, and that's the one I bank at. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. was, I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing this out. What is their assets? What do they have? The how oh. strong are they? Oh, is one strong. United I, as strong as a key bank or I said or under, HSBC? I said, I said under twenty. I misspoke. Thirty eight. 38, 38 black owned banks right. and credit unions. Yeah, and One United is up there. Yeah, One United okay. is the top one up there. Um, they also got the Federal Credit Union. That one's out in Tallahassee. That's another big one. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 they got a well established market. Uh, California, uh, Tulsa, New York. Uh, so you know we're they're in the area of where they're viable and they're strong. And so now Good. you throw that that economic stimulus that that the federal government puts money into the banks to fund these grants. How, that how goes, come we don't hear more about them? How come we don't hear more advertising? How come we don't hear more? How come they're not marketing themselves in order to, to become bigger? Are they afraid of becoming bigger or are they the size that they want to be? Why yeah. don't I, why don't I, I, I've never, what, what's the name of the bank? One United? Uh, yeah. One United bank. I, I, one I, United. Well, I'm going to have to look them up a little bit later because I haven't, I haven't seen no commercials about One United or you know, One United saying, hey, get in touch with us and open a checking account. I, I haven't heard or seen none of that. I have to be honest. I learned about them from listening to uh, the, the uh, Joe Madison show. And then when I went to Where are they did, located? Where, where are they out of? Well, they, they're out where of they all head? over. They're national. I mean, if you pull I mean, where up. Where are they headquartered? One United, I you think know? they're out of New York, actually. Yeah, they're New York. Okay. They're, they're down near well, I'm Albany. Gonna do, I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to do a little research on my own because I want to see how. You may I'm have some branches out strong. there. You, I mean, you yeah, may have some branches right. right there. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, because when I pulled the map up, there was quite a few. I was just wondering why they weren't marketing themselves in order to get more customers. Well, that goes you back know? That goes back to uh, when I was watching, I think it was either Dave Chappelle or Trevor Noah. It might have been Trevor Noah. No, no, no. I take that back. It was, uh, uh, what's his name? The comedian um, that sued and got all that money. Brian, um, uh, guys, what is his name again? Brian. Uh, Who did he sue? Uh, the, uh, the network, because they, they wouldn't renew his uh, comedy show. And, uh, and, he, and he sued him? He sued him and won. It was like a, in the billions. Um, 
Oh man, he, he he has a show that comes on late nights. It's a comic one. Brian. Oh man. Anyway, it'll come back to me. Well, so where I'm going with this is that he did an interview of uh uh Betty Shabazz. Okay. Uh no 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 uh Coretta Scott King. I take that back. Sorry. Uh Coretta Scott King. And so in his interview with her, he was talking about um, you know, the life of Martin Luther King uh, Jr. And so uh Coretta was saying that Martin Basically, to paraphrase, he went out in, in protest for civil rights. He did the bus boycott. All of those things didn't get him killed. When he started preaching economic independence, that got him killed. So she said to him, as long as you go out and you fight for equality, inclusion, all these other things, you're going to be fine. The minute you start talking about black economic independence, that's when you're going to run into a death threat or be locked up for life because the the fact that we were brought here as enslaved people we were part of that we were part of that capitalistic mindset that we were not to be separate from that because we were part of the commodity and then if we become economically independent we're no longer going to be the commodity and the threat of us being equal or superior to them economically is too great. And so anytime it's preached or, or broadcast out there that there's a possibility of black owned this black owned that is quickly uh, diminished and shot down because they don't want to have a Tulsa or um, a Rosewood uh, or the, uh, with a Greensburg uh, um, Carolina. They don't want those communities that were independent and viable uh, because it's a threat. It's a threat. And so that was, that was, I remember that interview. If I find it, I'll send it to you guys. I don't know if it was on YouTube. I forgot where I caught it. I sent it actually into the group chat because we talked about it a few weeks back, but that's, that's when we first brought it up on the podcast. But um, a lot, that's why a lot of people are moving towards, we need to be more militarized because the problem with Tulsa and the, and all these other places where they did build, build up, um, you know, a, a community for black people to be thriving. You know, you had white people physically coming into those communities and killing people and burning stuff down and bombing it. Yeah. You know, and it's because we're not militarized. Like we don't have, we we can't defend ourselves, or you know, not that we can't defend ourselves. We're just not, you know, uh, uh, organized in that type of fashion. Yeah, we got it. Well, look at us. We're talking about organizing, and we can't even get on the same page of black contract or the current bills that are on the table in the Senate that are equivalent to some of the things in the contract. You know what I mean? So once we are able to get together in an ideological fashion, which we were at one point, I think the enslavement of us uh, really did a, a number on our communication and being able to trust and, and network with one another. Um, when we are able to do that, we are the strongest. I mean, look at this election. We we put ourselves we put ourselves back in the situation of having the folks who didn't want to do shit for Black America, putting them back into the same positions they were in. That is the problem. People got to realize that they can they can howl and bark at the moon all they want about the Black agenda and different changes and other stuff that's going on for all Americans. But if you got the same people who for the last six years told you, I don't give a shit, I don't give a shit, I don't give a shit, why would you put them back in office? That is the problem. 
we can write up all the contracts we want, but if you got people in the Senate like Mitch McConnell, Rand Paul, Lindsey Graham, just shitting on black America, and you give them six more years to continue the same conduct, all right, that's insane. All right, plain and simple. I agree. That's plain. We've been talking, all the stuff we've been talking about with the contract with black America, uh, uh, the black agenda, this stuff is not new. We've been talking about the same stuff. We were talking about this 20 years ago, 25 years ago. We talked about it during the Obama administration where the Republicans did all they could do to hinder him and prevent him from doing stuff that he wanted to do because they were fearful that he was going to just concentrate on black America and only black America acting stupid. That's what they were doing. All right. And that was continuing. Now, when you had IQ 45, he like opened the door of the barn to let all the crazy horses run out. Byron right? Allen. They liked it. They, they liked was, it. That was the okay, name. Byron Allen. Byron yeah. Allen. They liked it. <laughs> they liked what was going on. They liked it. But now he's out. Now, with Trump being basically ran out of office, those other people who were enabling him needed to go also. And it did not occur. That's the pro- that is the problem. We're going to be holding and uh, we're going to be holding our breath for January 5th for those two runoff elections in Georgia because that's going to be the last chance that we have to try to get things moving in the direction for all Americans, not just black Americans, because, you know, if they clean up the situation in Flint, which they should be doing, yeah. that's going to benefit everybody in Flint, black, white, Puerto Rican, Arab, Muslim, whatever. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's just so painful that, you know, you got a group of people saying, well, we don't want to, we don't want to do this particular situation because it's going to benefit black people. All right. Well, we have to go to them and say, you want to explain that? Well, you know, you wait a minute. You just elected me again to the U.S. Senate to three days ago. I don't have to explain shit to you for six years. That's the that's their attitude. That's their mentality. That's their arrogance. And we've seen it on television and on the news the way they talk. And what we what did we do? What what happened? We rewarded them with six more years. Okay, that's the problem. And until that problem gets straightened out. We're going to have this back and forth because they're going to do all they can to maintain some type of control or Blake's favorite word, leverage over black Americans. <laughs> leverage That's what they're going to do. The we game. know that. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. And they're, they're going to see Biden and ah, four years that these fools talk about, well, here, here go some of these rednecks. Well, well, I heard that Trump is going to think about running again in 2024. You idiot, Trump, is he is mentally ill right now. He's physically ill right now. And in 2024, there's a good possibility his ass is going to be in jail for uh, a multitude of things. When they start peeling back and getting me in, Trump wanted the limelight. He wanted the spotlight. Instead of doing the right thing, he opened the door. And the New York Attorney General, she sat back saying, yeah. Only going to be a little while now, just a couple of more months. And then when Trump, <laughs> he thinks he's going to hide out at Mar-a-Lago, she's like, well, you know what? We have what they call the U.S. Marshal Service, and we know where your fat ass is going to be. So we're not worried. Mm, mm, mm. Well, we are at the, the 222 mark. We're about uh, just a little Already? under 40 minutes from uh, the end of a three hours. Yeah, man, we've been we've been banging it out. 
We've been, well, we've you know, been hey, this week. It. This week has had the issues that we needed to talk about, discuss. We could have talked. We could talk for three, four hours on the election alone. You know, we 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 glanced over a little bit of the coronavirus because now the new administration is going to have is going to have to start doing what Trump and his clowns didn't do. They're going to have to take the lead and tell America, you know, how we're going to get over this because we don't. We'll just have, I guess we'll, we'll be living with coronavirus all our lives now, and people are going to be dying you know, a thousand people a day for the next 10 years. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, we need to, you know, go in and say, all right, where are we at with the vaccines? Where, What level? What phase are we in? We knew vaccines had a good chance of, of, of being what we need to overcome this. The Trumps, all they want to do is find out how they could capitalize on it. That's all they think about because. Trump has used the U.S. government and taxpayers, you and me, to fund his businesses, put money in his pocket, send his sons over to Mongolia so he can shoot sheep, okay? Uh All of that crazy mess. 140, you and I, we need to spend $140 million playing golf, okay? That's what we need to do. I would give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah, I would love it. I don't even even do 140. I'd just spend $10 million. You know, just give me the money where I can get on a plane anytime I want to I and go say. back and forth, up and down the coastlines to play golf. $140 million. Nah, I'm going to be working. I'm not going to have time for golf. I'm going to be too busy working for America. After my back yeah. goes out, I'll just sit in the car and drink. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you are tuned in to Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue. I'm your host, Martin Sons. You're here on my Tribe Network Radio, Power of Brass Radio 1. Of course, I got... Uh, the good lieutenant and Mr. Blake. We had Mr. Banks for a short window, and uh, we never did get the bishop. And uh, Marcos, wherever you are, uh, make sure you bury that money deep. Hey, he, 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 he's taking care of business. <laughs> he ain't taking care of business. He's probably heading down. He's probably heading to Arizona so he can be part of the protests down there. <laughs> he'll, he he probably going to Nevada to help count. Uh, nah, he ain't, coming to, he ain't coming. He ain't coming that far. He ain't, go, he ain't coming to Nevada. Oh, man. Oh, 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 he ain't hold coming on. to Nevada. He, he, he looks like somebody who hang out in Arizona. Hold on. I guess Mr. Banks uh, wanted to get his final uh, words in. <laughs> we lost you for a long period there, man. And what happened? Bro, I'm just working. I oh, okay. Making the donuts. I can't live like he does. You know what I mean? Master Pete. Master P. Oh boy, we got a new handle. Hey man, well we we we're about uh probably about thirty five minutes out from the close, and so we we spent a good little bit uh, talking about uh, uh, just uh, the black agenda plan moving forward, being more you know being more intentional and specific in what it is we're looking for, how to achieve it, uh, and and not reinvent the wheel. And, and yeah. you know, so those are some of the things we, we kind of wrapped we lost, up. We, we, yeah, we lost, we lost a huge chunk when we didn't turn over the Senate. Matter of fact, even if you look at the House of Representatives, the, the Republicans, they they gained some like 10, 12 seats, something like that in the House of Representatives. Republicans, they gained in the House. Uh, they gained... You know, they kept people in the Senate who should have been gone. That was just Trump people all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork and keeping those Republican fools 
in office because so, they thought it was going to keep Trump in so, office. So for the last, continue <clears throat> doing what they're doing. So for the last thirty-five, I think I got a, I got, I got a direction from just what you were saying here, because um, it was a conversation I had Wednesday with some other gentlemen. <clears throat> um, I think a lot of what Trump's supporters had over our supporters was that they were aware, even though they might not be the most brightest light bulb in the pack, they were aware of what the role of a legislator and assembly member in Congress, they're aware of what these positions do and can do and who needs to be in the seat in order to get the things done. So moving forward, how do we go about educating or, or, or making our people want to be educated in the area of what is a legislator? What is an assembly person? What is, you know what I mean? How do we, how do we, you know, that is, th- those things are basic lessons and civics basic that they should be learning or should learn in school. So how do we do college. that? They're how not though, P. They're not. Yeah. So, how, so how, I, been a, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not an educator per the, se. The should. You know, I'm not a teacher. So I, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they've been learning in school, but they should know, you know, how, they should know what the Congress is. They should know what the Senate is. I mean, that's just basic. But they're not, they're lessons. not, they're not teaching cursive writing in school, let alone that. <laughs> You know what well, I mean? Yeah. How, how do yeah, we? They're not teaching them how to read. Right. How do we frame that outside of the uh, structure of the educational institution? Because our people are learning all the wrong things in these other places. So how do we take our those people, things? Our people need to go out and vote. Our people need to vote. I want to know what the demographics are as far as voting in Mississippi. Louisiana, Alabama, where you know there's a lot of black people. Well, Virginia, 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 we lost Virginia. You know how many, I know some black people that live in Virginia. No, no. And they said they weren't voting. No, Biden won Virginia. Uh, He lost North Carolina. No, I thought he lost Virginia. He lost North Carolina. Carolina. He won Virginia. Are you sure? Mark, 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 trust me. He was losing Virginia until until the votes from Richmond and Fairfax County came in. And when they came in, they wiped, Trump had like a 40,000 vote lead. They wiped it right out. I don't know. Because pull pull it, that up because I thought he got, it, it, he got D.C. No, area, but I thought he lost Virginia. No, he was losing in the, in the, in the early evening when the, when the tally started coming in. Okay. Trump was winning Virginia. But then, you know what they do? They yeah. count the small counties yeah. first because they got I the lowest numbers. Virginia. When they get to the big cities, all right, the, the metropolitan areas, yeah. it takes longer to count their votes because they have more ballot, they have more locations, they have more votes coming in. When they when they tallied up Fairfax County and Richmond okay. and that eastern border of Norfolk. Virginia, D.C., when they did that... And Norfolk is chocolate. Biden, yeah, uh, uh, Trump's lead was washed right out when they voted, when they, when they counted those votes. Yeah, Just Biden. like... Biden's Just up like right now, what's going on with Philadelphia? He's up fifty. Okay, so he's up. Well, again, like I said, from from the initial, I was concerned yeah, when I saw that because I was like, you know, right. I know people that live down there. That, you know, they're like like Kyle said, they're checked out. They're not voting. Check each check each check each state. Every state when you get into those rural areas, those rural counties, a lot of those are white folks. A lot of them are Republican. A lot of them don't like black people but when you get into the metropolitan centers of a lot of states that's where you see the strong numbers so is that the motivation not to like somebody that you you generate that kind of voting uh 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. You think let's 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 use Jamie Harrison in South Carolina as an example. I said to myself, you know what, Jamie Harrison in the polls, you know, he's tied with Lindsey Graham. He's up a point or two. It looked it kind of good. It looked it good to a lot of people. That's how he got $105 million in donations. Right. But I said to myself, I said to myself on election day, is some of these redneck fools out in the rural counties of South Carolina, are they going to go on the polls, <clears throat> excuse me, go to the polls and vote for a black man? They remember South Carolina, you know, the land of Michael Slager and all of that type of stuff. Are they going to actually go and when they go behind that curtain, and pull that lever or whatever mail in their ballot, are they going to vote in, 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 in Lackahoochee County, South Carolina, are they going to vote for a black man over Lindsey Graham who's been there for the last 20 years or whatever he's been there? Lackahoochee. And, you, you know, know there's, there's a Willie Coochie in, in, out, in Georgia. And as it, turn, as, it, as it turns out, okay, they didn't go in and vote in the numbers for Harrison to be elected because they reverted back to their old, their inner self, and their uh, inner self said, "You know yeah, what? But, I can't. But, 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 I can't I vote for him." I don't know. I really consider Harrison's like. I don't. I don't consider that a loss, right? Like we didn't get the expected goal, <clears throat> right? But like, right. he still crushed it compared to like. Sure, he did. What's meant. So, so, but, but I, I also want to put this in the context because that was. It's been on my mind as well. But you bring up Lindsey Graham, and you bring up Mitch the. Um, try to keep it. Friendly. Moscow, Mitch. Moscow. Well, just say gonna, Moscow, I Mitch. The, I was gonna do the rhyme that went went, went with that <laughs> name, but he but, ain't um, rich. <laughs> I want you to think about these are the guys that said, "Oh, you want reparations? You mean our Obama vote wasn't enough? Like bringing letting this white dude be president wasn't enough reparations for y'all?" Yeah. I, want, well, I, I just want I just want you to think about. That's that that whole idea right there, because because that that is everything. What they're trying to say with that is that you mean to tell me some of these white people that voted for your for for this black dude that y'all wanted to be president, us working with this black dude isn't rep- we we let this dude get to the highest office. That's not reparations enough for you. That means that somebody who is black actually getting a job that they deserve and had to be damn near perfect for was considered a giveaway to us. This is the type of mentality that we're dealing with because there are white people that agreed with that. That mentality, I don't think we've dived enough into. It's it, it's an insult, yes. Well, I but guess the that, mindset that goes yeah. with that is everything we need to be focusing on. But that's that's I think that's where I'm trying to to drive this point as to the motivation factor. Like where are we going? What what arena or what area are we going to? And then what is the message that we're branding to motivate people to say, you know what? Because like it just kicked him. It, it was it was just driving me crazy that I'm talking to people that said I'm not voting, but then you got uh, Sean P Diddy Combs saying, well, let's go start a new party. How are you gonna start a party? When you got people that don't even want to participate in the current party. Well, now it's time for that for that conversation. It wasn't time for it then. But even still, with the time being now, how do you get people to buy into a party system when they don't even try to work or buy into the current 
party. You know what I mean? It's like you got you oh, got an existing some buy in in order to get the numbers we have right now on this blue wave. Are we not in agreement on that? Yeah. It's about it's about continuing it, isn't it? Well, the, uh, again, if he starts a party, the party still got to adhere to the rules of the other two parties. So, it, so, so, so are those parties, those parties are, are going to be more than difficult because that's their mindset of thinking. Absolutely. They're going to be like tribalism. Oh, you got your own party. Are we included? Are we excluded? So who do you let in? Who do you keep out? If we start our own party. I think we got to realize the mentality. Who's, who's really able to reach across the across the aisle? Mm. Biden does have a long tenure of being able to do that, right? Right, right, right. So he's got that on his side, and hopefully, he can bring Kamala into that, right? But these guys are representing their own states, and I think right now, at a time of accountability, their states are going to be saying to them, "You lost, you lost Trump on us." So what are you doing for us now? And I think these guys are going to have to, they're going to have to honor something. They're going to have to do something to show their constituents that, they're st that they still mean business. Mm. They don't want to go tit for tat for four years. They did that with Obama for eight. And after everything that they just got done doing with Trump, for him to get out and for them to go back into that, it's going to be a hard sell for these, for, these, for these people in their towns. I really strongly believe that. Because if they can't on their own make anything happen, they, and that's the thing. If I'm Biden, if I'm Kamala, I'm saying, what is it exactly that you want to bring to your constituents? We've already saw, we've already, we, we, we saw these exit polls saying that they want, they want the single-payer system. They want the Green New Deal. They want these things. Mm. So now... What's the what's the holdup? They know the constituents. What are you what are you, what are you aiming at for your constituents? There has to be negotiation complexity. If we if we're not able to negotiate with them, and this is another four years of sludge, then we made the wrong decision. But at the end of the day, whether it's a black agenda or an American agenda or a socialist agenda, whatever agenda you want it to be, if it ain't moving, it don't mean shit. So these people have to be prepared to come to the aisle and bring something, or else none of this conversation means anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, um, gosh, I mean, like I said, it's, it's almost exhausting at the same time. It's like your mind is constantly churning. It's like, okay, all right, how do I win this one? How do I win that one? You know, and it's not a win like in a competition. It's like a win in like, how do I get you to see the same thing I'm seeing? So you can see that it's a benefit for all of us, you know, because it, again, I, I can't see a contract being honored when, the simple things like clean air, clean water, anti-lynching. You know, these are these are basic human rights. These are things that, like, we're still fighting to get that are on the table at these uh, institutions and one or two people refusing to sign them. But then you got this young brother who's come up. He, he put out some good, some good beats, a couple of good rhymes, you know, some funny film. And he's like saying, "Hey, black people, we're gonna do this contract, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make a difference." And it's like, man, I get what you want to do because it benefits all of us. But look at the plate, man. Look at it; it's already got food on it. Why are you gonna add more food on there when the food that's on there isn't being served? So that's why because I'm saying they have no, because they have no discipline. Yeah, 
I and guess, that's really yeah. what we're that, and that's what we're missing, right? Because we don't have the discipline because we're at a newer point than we've ever been at. And that, and that's just what it is. At what point in America did black did black America say we're not doing a damn thing for you unless you bring a black woman in? Oh, that's what y'all want? Shit. Hold on a second. Uh, Stacy, oh, are you busy in Georgia? Okay. Hey, uh, Kamala, listen. I know we I know we had it out, you know, but forgive me for that Anita Hill shit. Please, can we work something out? And, it, and he made it work? I mean, yeah. he knows what's up. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so now she's there and, and he's put out, uh, you know, the Biden plan that he's looking to do. My thing is, I want to see the anti-lynching bill. When I see the anti-lynching bill sign and it's a law, then I know that other things are going to take place in there. So uh, then we're getting to, we're, then we're circling back to the real conversation from the beginning of the call, which was what do we want to see? So that's really what you want to see in the beginning. What I want to see is an amendment to the 13th amendment. We need yes. to make sure that slavery is literally taken out of shit. Because at that point in time, then we can start breaking away at the prison industrial system the right way. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a conversation. What have you? I I had a conversation yesterday with the uh, historian, and she was like, "Have you read the original, uh, you know, Independence? Like when Jefferson did the draft before everybody else got in and started doing work on it?" And I was like, "Honestly, I didn't know that still existed." And no, and she was like, "Yeah, you got to go to Princeton's website. It's in their library, and pull it up." She said, "Once you read that, you'll see." exactly where everybody stood and you'll see that this is why uh the declaration and the bill of rights and everything has to be amended because you uh were not intended to be where you are right now and there's a lot of people still fighting to make sure you don't go any too much more further and so now i got to sit down and go read through this thing to see Exactly. I mean, we kind of got a feel for Jefferson and and his politics, you know, uh, with the Sally Hemings and everything that was going on inside his household. Uh, you know, it's just amazing that, you know, they they try to demonize socialism when they benefit from it, knowing that. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that knowing that slavery uh, was capitalistic and that capitalism is the root of why slavery was so uh, demonic because the love for the money was so great that they were decapitating and, 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 and taking off body parts and lynching and raping women and selling and splitting families apart. That's why it's, it's not you such a watch, far stretch. You watch that, uh, that goodbye Uncle Tom so we can have a real conversation. Brother, gonna I'm going to watch it again because I told you on the, the text that I think I saw this when I was younger, when it re- when it when, when it was out originally, and I can't tell you where I saw it, but it's just that when I looked at it, I go, "Why does this look so familiar?" Listen, I'm gonna tell you this. I talked to my finance guy today, and he he was in good spirits because for him, there's no cause for alert. Yeah, the president, our new president, may be blue, but there's a wash between the Senate and the House right now. So there's checks and balance. Historically speaking, when it comes to investments in America, that means no major things are occurring financially that would force the economy 
downward or in debt or have an effect on stocks and bonds. So I don't really give a damn about that. I want it all blue so we can do the things we want to do. But conservatives are thinking like that. Projections, I don't know if you guys have been saying that. Projections are say, we're saying previous to the election, if Biden wins, they're expecting a surge in the stock market. Because a lot of economists, a lot of people who are fiscally conservative, they understand that going with Biden, it's going to level things back out because right now the market is too tyrannical. It's all over the place. You need some you need a consistent flow. And they know right now that they don't have it. So there, there's a comfort level from, from conservatives on that end. And that was really just a little different for me because I wasn't sure what he was going to say when I talked to him today. So that was <laughs> different to, to, to understand. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, again, look at those numbers and to know that this man is in, you know, unless something crazy happens, which is not too far fetched in 2020. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are breathing a sigh of relief of saying, wow, we're going to get back to some normalcy, at least in the politics, if not in uh, our everyday lives with with COVID still uh, at the doorstep, threatening to come in and, and tear down the house. Um, you know, threatening to come in, it is in, shit. <laughs> well, I, you know, COVID I, is in. I, I, 200, I, I, how many people died? How many people, how many people died now? 230,000? Well, I got. I got. Check, I haven't checked the scoreboard. You check the scoreboard. You haven't. I got to check the scoreboard. I've been sitting. I've been here binge watching <laughs> CNN. You know, waiting, waiting for the official announcements and stuff, so I could pop a shot of Uncle Nearest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, United got States it. two two hundred and forty one thousand people. Two hundred forty one thousand. I still think that's the doorstep. I still think that. I mean, once you. I hope not. Once you. I crack, hope. I hope. You know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. The reason why I say it's the doorstep and not inside the house altogether is because the fact that we started to go up and then we peaked and plateaued and then we started to go back down before we started to come back up again. So even though it's probably still a part of that first wave, the fact that we had uh, a, a bit of a, a recess take place, um, you know, if, the, if something as violent as that thing gets inside the house where it can come in, close the door, and make itself at home, I think that's when we're going to be really, really in trouble. And that's that's where I was feeling that we were going if I knew that IQ45 was going to get a second term because he's not doing anything beneficial uh, in protecting people, let alone getting a working uh, uh, antidote for this thing. So, you know, I, I think we still got it outside the house. We just got to get that... Uh, uh, that um, uh, what they call it, the um, antivirus out there to be able to uh, protect us inside the house here and, and keep it at bay. What, right. about, what about term limits beyond presidency? You know, I, I believe that there needs to be term limits only because it's a guarantee that if we get a booger inside, that is eventually got to leave. Um, but at the same time, if you get somebody really solid in there, now it's a fight uh, to how long you want to have that term limit because that's the blessing, man, of having somebody uh, well-tempered, smart. I mean, like, imagine if we could have had Barack and just kept going. You know what I'm saying? Because he was such a solid individual. Um, 
But uh, term limits, uh, much like unions, are, are, you know, they have their place. They're good. But, dog. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's also some, there's some negatives. There's some detractors to term limits. Well, you know, everybody's going to be sitting back and thinking about, you know, when the numbers are finally in and people can obviously say for sure, all eyes are going to stay on Georgia because those two Senate seats are people do not understand how important those two Senate seats are to America. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think people are starting to, to grasp a little bit the importance of, so. of voting, the importance isn't, of Isn't this, isn't this also like second time running? Yeah. yeah. He ran, uh, like, didn't he run for Congress two years ago or something? Who's that? Two or four years ago? He ran before. This this guy, you know, he's he's staying with it. And that's what I want for, for Harrison as well, because... You know, oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Got to keep him engaged, though, man, for somebody that ran before... If you don't keep them engaged after that first time, cause it's, it's exhausting, man. I mean, doing what I was doing and knocking doors and other stuff, you know, when you sit there at that evening, you're looking at the monitor and you're looking at the votes come in and stuff, you know, you're hoping for that win. But then when you have that loss, all right, you got to go, you got to sit, lick your wound, and then you got to say, wow, man, do I have it in me to do it again? You know, and what would I do different? Because a part of you wants to go, you know, the competitive side, Wants to go into it again, but the other well, side. The is, biggest, what's listen, the, Harrison ain't got no choice. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. If he, if, he, if he decides to stop, he owes me half my money back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna tell you, Kyle. The same way you feel. I've been getting crazy emails, phone calls, texts, and stuff. It, it, I can't compare myself to a Harrison, but I can tell you that the last. Well, now when is when is Tim Scott's when is Tim Scott's term up? I'd have to look that up. Yeah, somebody looked that up because, for while we know Harrison, maybe he may he may run again in two years. You know, so I mean, Graham is safe. Uh, Graham is safe for six years for the most part. Yeah. But Tim Scott, his term is going to be. I think his term is twenty twenty two. Well, so that's a good point. Yeah, so, that's why we like have these said, conversations. <laughs> yeah, like you said, you know, uh, now Jamie Harrison. You know, he gets he gets to try it again in maybe two years. What he'll do now in the next two years is continue doing what he's doing, find out where he's got to maybe shore up a few more votes, you know, see, you know, if he can get past some of that redneck country in South Carolina, he can convince people, hey, I'm a better choice and get them to vote because we all know uh, he, he brought in over he brought in over a hundred million dollars that, you know, that was black money. And that was a lot of white money too. Yeah, but you know, uh, it, it, again, from if you, all over the country, from all over the country, right? But uh, but I'm just gonna say, red rednecks, man, uh, uh, are people too. They they the people that are bad are the racist rednecks. Those are the ones you will never reach. Hey, a redneck is a redneck, okay? But but I've I've met some rednecks, man, that just they just rednecks, but they weren't racist. And you talk they you talk their talk like anybody else, you know. They'll be like, oh, okay, you know, you're a country boy or whatever, you know. But my thing is... There's a reason they're a redneck, Marv. There's well, a reason. I, I know that. And that's why I was saying okay. that okay. There, there's some racist rednecks and then there's some rednecks that, that say they rednecks, but they're not racist. I, 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 honestly, I, I thought, I thought I, I all agree. rednecks were. I thought all rednecks were racist. 
until I met a few. And then they were like, yeah, yeah I'm a no, redneck. No, I, I agree. I agree with that theory. I, I do agree. You know, not so all that, rednecks. Not all rednecks are bad rednecks. That, that's why I had to back. It, I had to backtrack it a little because because I I met some that identified. They identify as rednecks, but they're not racist. They weren't bad. And so that's why I was saying, you know, it, it, it was a, a awakening for me because now it's like, okay, instead of me doing what I don't want done to me, and that is project a stereotype, I'd be like, hey, you know what? How do you identify? And then you can tell me how you identify. And then based upon your behaviors and how you speak and think, I know now where you stand on things. And so I don't I don't say all white people are bad or all rednecks are bad because or even all Republicans, because I know that the ones I talked to that were really Republicans, they were like, look, man, we got to get this crazy dude out of the office because he is wrecking my party. Right. Yep. So. That's it. A lot of Republicans yeah. voted. A lot of Republicans voted for Biden. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You asked earlier, <clears throat> like, what what should we be doing to bring the rest of the black community into this conversation of vote? And I think that goes back to like, that goes back to what you were talking about with Diddy. And we have to like slap some people on the hand and pull them back in, and say, okay, this is how you could best serve this conversation. Mm -hmm. We have to keep that conversation at the forefront with a sense of urgency, but use people that are still in that realm to help push that. Like Ice Cube, dumb as hell. Or mm -hmm. should he be sanctioned to an island somewhere and forgotten about? No, give him a few weeks to cry over his spilt milk right. and bring his ass back in and say, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Are you ready? And we utilize these people in entertainment, these people that are on social media platforms, the way that the way the industry is right colleges colleges are even looking at students who don't even go to their colleges to help them brand their colleges yeah why why, why wouldn't we be doing the same thing like so we have to get more creative with how we're actually reaching out to our young people because social media has changed how you reach out to people in oh general. absolutely how, how many votes did uh kanye get he, he got a lot of votes man he got, yeah, like, he got some votes either like 50 or five hundred thousand. he got some votes. He got like sixty thousand. I want to. Was say. it sixty thousand? Somewhere around there. Yeah. I know it was again. So you got to understand something. We all kind of laugh and joke and say, "Hey, you know, Kanye is crazy," but he got fifty thousand or plus to pull the lever for him. Yeah, Kanye West gets sixty thousand votes in U.S. presidential. Election. So sixty thousand votes could have went somewhere with a Kanye endorsement. Okay, and that, and that's the issue is that cancel culture will have you like blocking your own blessings mm. because the problem that we have sometimes is that people want to do things that they're not meant to do. They're they're driving in a, in a two person lane and they meant for the slow lane. Period. Right, right, yeah. So we have to put people back in their lane, make them feel special, yep, and give them a mission. Because black people have been so disenfranchised that mm. understanding what we're supposed to do without taking on everything has been the chip on our shoulder. Agreed. Agreed. So we have to unify at a different level now and give each other purpose because we have not been able to do that. But now we have power. All right. Final thoughts there. We got uh, a little less than five minutes. So that's like a minute and a half a piece. So. Uh, I, said my, I said my piece, so I'm out. I think Kyle, I think he just did his there, hey, man. Awesome, awesome. Blake? Now I got all my stuff off. You sure? 
Yes. You sure you don't, you don't got a little bit more? I said yes. I saw a little vinegar over there. All right. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Uh, great and fantastic uh, Nevada Lieutenant. That's the thing. Hey, you know, I just, I, I just want, you know, everybody to think, you know, with, with common sense. There's not, a, there's not a lot of common sense being utilized. People are just thinking as if they're in some, you know, not all people, like some type of fantasy world. You know, you look, you look at what's going on. You look at the vote totals. And, you know, I haven't heard one of these uh, uh, news people mention Kanye West's name. Even, oh yeah, by the way, Kanye got 50, 58,000 votes, and that nobody's even mentioned his name because his whole the whole situation was just plain ridiculous. But people went and they did it anyway. You know, they wanted they wanted to waste their vote. It was their vote to waste, and they did it. Now we have to look at the future. Now we have to look at repairing the damage. And nobody can tell me Trump has not damaged America and damaged, you know, like Biden said, talks about the soul of the nation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people want people trying to run buses off the road and people uh, jumping on people because they got a Trump hat on or they got a Biden t shirt on. I mean, people pulling up the people at intersections, telling them to watch their back. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I've been saying, you know, dude, pull over, pull over to the side there, and you can. I'm gonna show you about watching somebody's back. <laughs> okay, you know we, but now you have to be worried because you you'll be like saying you don't know what that fool might have in his car. This is true because he's doing he's doing stupid things. It's like, wait a minute, this is an election. You, you are one person, one vote. This guy gets elected because they got one vote more than the other guy. That's how democracy works. This mm-hmm. is not Venezuela. This is not Somalia. This is the United States of America. Okay. And I still am wondering why 69 million people voted for Donald Trump with all of the damage he has done to this nation. And we got, we have to worry about what's going to come in the next two months. I'm going to tell you right now, really quick. If Trump had got reelected, he would have spent the next two years going after everybody who was against him. It would have been, it would have been horrific out here. Yeah. All right. But now we got a chance to heal this nation and get back to the business at hand, get the coronavirus under control, eradicated, so the economy will bounce back. Uh, Nevada will bounce back. California, New York, everybody will bounce back. Kids in school fully. You know, uh, college football games being canceled, pro players getting locked out, games being moved around. This country is having some serious, serious issues all right well that's so, gotta that's gotta do it we gotta leave it there hey, Lou, you brought up a great what? point i did hear that before and so uh as we close out gonna have a little frankie beverly and Mays. we are one because we truly are one and uh yeah we're going to figure out what uh what was the motivating factor for that 69 70 000, uh because uh at the end of the day they voted for a reason uh for trump and and that identifying factor, whether it was because of his economics or his political or his tribal views, uh, we got to address that if we're going to move forward. So thank y'all for being present and on Too Blue to Be Black, Too Black to Be Blue. I'm Marv the Sarge uh, here on My Tribe Network, powered by Brass Radio 1. Y'all have a great and safe weekend. And uh, Be safe. All right, man. We are happy to have Biden and Harris in the presidency. 
I'll just go ahead and say that as we close out. Peace. I heard that. <laughs>